Hello and welcome back to episode 27 of The Ripper, The Teller and The Gremlin. Uh, so first off this week, just quickly wanted to say apologies for our upload schedule being all over the place since uh, 2021's rolled around. We've been really busy, uh, as obviously we all work alongside doing this. Um, but just really quick, I wanted to say sorry about that and we're back on the regular uploads now. So you'll get you know one episode a week and it'll be back to our usual sort of... Um, usual business here at the podcast mm-hmm. yeah we had a bit of a wonky one entering the new year um and it was just you know work and everything kind of went a bit crazy for everybody and uh, it was just sort of trying to work out how to get back into the swing of it with the uh the uploads and just kind of recording and everything so yeah um we're back to normal back in business yeah and looking forward to bringing you more episodes so uh we'll get straight into it this week with our news so I'm going to start this week, and I've got some some interesting bits and bobs. I wanted to start with uh, a load of rumors we had uh, about Microsoft. So we had a huge info dump of basically like supposedly uh, their rumored plans for 2021. Um, And it was very interesting, and there's a lot here. So I've actually talked a lot before about In Exile and Obsidian, um, which are both have development teams that are, you know, RPG originals in the fact that both of these studios were formed out of uh, a lot of the ex-workers from the original Fallout series. And the, the guys will know I talk a lot about loving Obsidian and really liking In Exile. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of potential there. And Obsidian is, is bigger now. They were an indie studio. In Exile, kind of, I would say, still is. It's getting bigger, but it's, it's still on the sort of higher end of an indie studio. Um, but we got our first set of rumours that Microsoft are really looking at pushing these two studios to become big RPG studios. They want these guys to ri- rival Bethesda, which, you know, they also own. So Microsoft want to be, if these rumours are believed, like the rpg kings you know bold statement for sure um because the first bit of news we got is in exile games which their last project was wasteland 3 which i loved it's on the game pass give it a go uh it's kind it's a it's a remake of what was the um basically the predecessor to the fallout series um but it's, it's fantastic i love it but if the rumours are to be believed, Microsoft has In Exile working on a steampunk RPG. Mm. Um, and this is apparently the second highest budget budgeted Microsoft game next to Halo Infinite, if the rumours are to be believed. Wow. Yeah. That's a big boy. So obviously <laughs> it's interesting because they say specifically it's a um, steampunk game. Uh, and there were a lot of parallels drawn to cyberpunk. Obviously, steampunk and cyberpunk aren't the same, except for the punk. Um, <laughs> no, they're but, the same then. <laughs> but they have similarities. And that was why so many people have gone, oh, were they inspired by cyberpunk? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're inspired by the vision that cyberpunk had. They probably don't want the same release <laughs> that <laughs> cyberpunk had. Um, <laughs> But this is awesome news for me. I, I think in Exile, 
have a lot of talented people there. They have time to shine. And I think if this is true and Microsoft have given them this much of a budget, it shows a lot of faith and it shows that they're going to be working on something very special. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the other bit, which I talked about was Obsidian. So it's reported again, if the rumors are to be believed that Obsidian are working on six projects for Microsoft, including free triple A RPGs. Now that's a lot. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Um, but they, they've sort of talked about how, how Obsidian has grown massively since it's been acquired by Microsoft. Um, and Microsoft were kind of setting Obsidian up to rival Bethesda prior to buying Bethesda. Um, and if you look at Bethesda, that they have a huge, you know, technically their parent company, Cinemax, um, they have a huge breadth of different games and different companies within their umbrella, right? Yeah. And it looks like that's what Microsoft wants to do with Obsidian as well. They want uh, them to have all these projects. And we know they're meant to be working on, you know, the next Outer Worlds. They're meant to be working on this um, uh, Elder Scrolls style game, uh, and, and yeah, like I say, so so I'd assume two of those RPGs are probably the Outer Worlds and uh, I forget its name, but the uh, the fantasy RPG they're working on. And then uh, they did a game called Grounded, which was a um, you're kind of shrunk down as these like little survivors. Yeah. It's a very indie game. Mm -hmm. So it does say six titles, but I wouldn't be surprised if three of these are big open RPGs and three of these are more sort of these little indie games mm -hmm. you know that would Either make way, that's still cool that would make sense um and again it, considering i i'm kind of in leaning towards believing these rumors uh, at least with nxr and obsidian because it's sort of this was always almost what microsoft hinted at when they bought these two companies yeah. they wanted to, to push them towards building these huge RPG projects. Um, and the other, so there's loads of rumors here, but the, the third rumor was Xbox is securing publishing rights for a huge AAA video game surprise for some point this year. That but gets me excited. It's just listed as a big AAA surprise. So it's got to be a pre-existing video game franchise. Yeah. Any thoughts on what it could be? Oh, I don't know. Could, could it be something from Rare? One of Rare's like half-dead properties? Cameo Command two? and Conquer? <laughs> Cameo 2? <laughs> what would you, would there, is there anything you guys can think oh, of that you'd like to, this to, if, to be... Uh, to be what they're the surprises i'm not I sure no, no i'm not sure but i feel like i'm really really highly uh excited about this because i i I'd, I'd love to know i don't I, I don't i like surprises but i don't at the same time and yeah. <laughs> I, like you know i love waiting for a surprise but i actually hate waiting for surprises at the same time and it's like if i knew it was coming next weekend and we'd know that'd be great but when it's like you know you don't know how long you'll be waiting properly for it. And if it's a long way away, it's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. There's, I think that that could excite so many people though, just those words, because it makes people's minds do exactly what we're doing now, which is trying to figure out what, what it could potentially be, which is great. 
do, do you know what would be really funny if uh, they obviously it's a rumor, but imagine if they they built this up and they said, oh yeah, it's it's this big surprise. We've got the publishing rights for this for this old game franchise. We're going to revive it, and then they announce it, and everyone's like, what? What's that? Who? Is what's that? that? Huh? And then and he's like, yes, four people played it and really liked it many, many years or, ago. Or they're like, they're like, right, we're about to make our announcement. Everybody buckle up and everybody's sitting there waiting. And they're like, yes, we have the rights to a new Splinter Cell. And we're like, yes. And then they're like, and it's going to be based on that short film you saw a while back. <laughs> Call me zero. Say hello to zero. <laughs> yeah. You might recognize him as Sam Fisher, but we know him as zero. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, so, rumor four is xCloud is set to join iOS and Samsung TVs at some point in 2021. Uh, and that would imply that Apple and Xbox have found some sort of agreement behind the scenes because we knew that they were having a lot of problems. They were openly throwing barbs at each other on the internet. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is true, if they've come to some sort of, um, you know, agreement behind the scenes and any sort of faults. Well, I mean, if they have, how much have Xbox sacrificed? Yeah, I don't know. I just, it, it, it depends, doesn't it? If they've, their their whole MO, I think, is this xCloud, is the Game Passes. So maybe they've just gone, you know what, for mobile phones, we'll relent in that, in that corner or something. Yeah, probably. But, you know, it's a rumor. We'll see what happens. Uh, rumor number five is Xbox is apparently dropping gold and simply rolling it into the Game Pass service. That's pretty wicked. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and I'm very inclined to believe this. Yeah, I do as well. I, I would believe that. 100%. Feels like it's been going that way. That way, uh, yeah. Yeah, a while now with the whole, like, if you have gold, you can upgrade it to um, to Game Pass like for the remaining thing, the way they did that whole, do you know what I mean? That they had, if you yeah. already had yeah, pre-existing yeah. gold, you could like, and you wanted to buy a Game Pass, you could upgrade your gold. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it feels like it's been going that way a while. So I, this rumor seems like probably the most true out of all of them. And also yeah. wicked. And also it's the thing where like, maybe they up Game, price, uh, game Pass in price a bit, but you don't, you, but then yeah. you're not paying for your gold every year. No. And also, it's a great thing because there's so many people, that, if this is true, who who might not be bothered to, to get Game Pass. But now, because way. it's now included with their Xbox Live, it, it would open the possibility. So many people who are just like, oh, I'm not bothered. But you know what? One day they might just be like, you know what? I'm kind of bored. I'll go on Game Pass. And then there's a whole new world that's just been opened to them. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's about what that. What a like, beautiful that, world it is. <laughs> that like first interaction, isn't it? And once you're in, you're like, yeah, um, once you start looking at it, it's oh, you just like scroll through and you're like, oh my god, look at some of the nostalgia in here. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you find games you've never heard of and they actually end up being wicked. Yeah, so uh, rumor six, or you know, you have all of Bradley's rec- recommendations on your wish list, yeah, just sitting there, like all six <laughs> of the things he's recommended, and they're all like on Game Pass. <laughs> I will play them one day, I promise. Um, rumor six, you play coming to Game Pass similar mm. to how EA Play did. I don't know about that one. Like Ubisoft seemed like they were really pushing their own kind of uh, Uplay. What is it? Uplay Plus or yeah. U- Ubisoft Plus? One of the two, something plus. Um, so it feels like that. 
I don't know. That'd be kind of weird for them to push it so hard for themselves and then be like, ah, fine. Here but you I go. could kind of see if, if it's similar to EA Play in that they pushed it really hard and didn't find success. Mm. And then Microsoft's like, stick it on our service. We'll give you this my, much. My problem millions. with EA Play is it feels like it doesn't have enough. Whereas obviously Ubisoft has a huge catalogue. Mm. I've always yeah, felt that you, EA Play is very lacking compared. Yeah. yeah, okay, I'll give you that. I mean, I don't know if that's more just you're less interested in the EA Play. EA Play it's pro- yeah, it's probably because I, I just say, skip over the sports games. games. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm like, no, there's not much left after the sports games. So you just look at like Dragon Age, Mass Effect and like um, Battle, Battlefield and are just like, oh, there's nothing else here. Yeah. Probably that probably is. <laughs> there's nothing Wasted. else. Wasted. Yeah, don't even don't even yeah. say skip over them. Just hmm, nothing else. <laughs> but I mean, I see them. I, I do get what you're saying because um, Ubisoft's back catalogue, uh, you know, amazing. and their new releases, I, I think is even bigger than EA's. Mm. Like, oh yeah. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm inclined to believe this because I think that's something oh, I could see Microsoft. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Trying to do. They've had a good relationship. I would like to believe Ubisoft. it as well as well but ubisoft they, are quite a friendly company as well because they've had things with like nintendo um yeah most recently stadia they had loaded deals with yeah. um, stadia didn't they so they're cl- quite clearly a company that are quite open to, to to kind of sharing you know their stuff around and just kind of whatever benefits them and gamers which is quite nice i think if that ever did happen then I, I'm, I'm not gonna say like it, it if that ever did happen in my mind um playstation's just like why on earth would you game on playstation i know the exclusives and i love the exclusives they're so good they're they're better than xboxes they just are but if you were getting all of ea's new titles Mm -hmm. all of microsoft's exclusives and all of ubisoft's stuff like it that it would just be insane to spend all your money on playstation instead Mm -hmm. of an xbox from like a a simple like money point of view you know mm-hmm. like a value yeah. for for your because that you you basically you're paying like 12 pounds a month and you probably like never have to buy a game again <laughs> you know <laughs> that's, that's how it would get like yeah mm-hmm. um okay we'll move on to rumor seven so rumor seven says that starting from next year all non-mmo bethesda and Cenimax titles will be exclusive to the xbox one uh, the Xbox Series X from 2021 onwards. Okay. Um, so, of all the rumors, I kind of don't see this being no, true. I, I was going to say, I don't. Just because we know Microsoft wants to sell the games. Microsoft has said before, we want everything on PlayStation. I think if there's a loophole where Microsoft can sell Bethesda stuff on PlayStation, that's going to be their MO. I mean, it would be a huge win for Xbox to be like, boom, look, all Bethesda's stuff and Cenimax's stuff just on our platform. Mm-hmm. And obviously that includes PC because PC is technically one of their platforms. Yeah. Bradley's talked about a lot in the past. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's so whenever we, we have this, oh, um, exclusive to Microsoft, you always have to remember that doesn't just mean the xbox it is everything that their platform is on so it basically means exclusive to everything that's not an, a playstation and a switch and a switch <laughs> and a <laughs> nintendo yeah <laughs> but um yeah but to be honest i just of all the rumors i just can't see this one being as true 
I, I, I think that's the least likely to be true. Yeah. For, I mean, from what we've heard before, you're right. It, you know, they, they've kind of made it uh, obvious that they don't really want to go that way. If it is true, it's because they want to force it onto Game Pass and then try and force Sony to, you know, to get Game Pass onto their platform. Um, if that is their plan. That, that's the only two ways I could see it going. Mm, that's is, quite a good little try and twist Sony's arm, though, isn't it? Yeah, be like, well, you can have, uh, you know, all of Bethesda and Zenimax games, but you need to have Game Pass on your system. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of like, oof, that's, that would be a low blow. But um, yeah, so that they're the only two options I can really see them doing, is either continue to, to, to put it onto Sony's platform or put it onto Game Pass and kind of... Uh, be like, look, this is how you get it. Either way, works out for them. I can't really see, like you said, um, them just saying, no, not at all. You can't have it. It's ours. Go play somewhere else. <laughs> but yeah. Go play somewhere else. Go, child. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, Off with you. It's true. It's play Last like, of Us one more time. It would be petty because, you know, Xbox has made themselves out to be this really kind of, you know, caring company that wants gamers to access their games. Whoa, and whoa, it, whoa made themselves out to be don't act like they're <laughs> fake well no i'm just exactly that's what i'm saying it, it's <laughs> it like, would be if, out of character yeah 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 it would be if they were suddenly like mm, sony you can't have this anymore just because no. we don't want corporation you to. manipulating the masses never <laughs> <laughs> never but yeah we'll see us with all of these rumors rumor yeah has it so rumor eight xbox has its eyes set on acquiring sega in 2021 sega that's I don't know about that. I believe it. Do you? Yeah, yeah. hands down, I believe this. Because there's been rumours for ages and there's been stuff that they've had talks. There was stuff that the Creative Assembly people who are owned by Sega, uh, who made Halo Wars and, and Alien Isolation um, and obviously my Total Wars that I love. Uh, we know they've had a very close relationship with Microsoft and through that, Microsoft has a close relationship with Sega. Um, I just, I, I feel like Microsoft's not slow. It doesn't seem to want to slow down. And there's a load of great IPs at Sega. There's a lot of really good um, talent and teams that I think that Sega owns that Microsoft definitely want to get their claws into. Mm-hmm. And Sega used to be, you know, Sega used to be like one of the biggest publishers out there. Yeah. Um, and in recent times, they're they're not what they were in the early 2000s. They're a lot smaller. Uh, you know, I, I, there's still loads under their, their their sort of banner, but this wouldn't be as big an acquisition as, say, Bethesda. Um, they, you know, so I, I generally think I could see this being true. Mm. But I also yeah, get enough. why you why you'd think it's not true. Yeah. Well, no, that's fair enough. It probably is, but um, we shall see. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You got you guys got anything different to say on that? Different, different take. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know enough. Of, other than the obvious, I don't know enough about Sega really to to kind of have. They're still huge. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're, they're a giant. Um, but they're they're more big in the PC world than anything mm. else. Mm. Uh, nowadays, whereas you go back to the early two thousands and Sega I, like, I literally, everywhere. Yeah, I, like literally, I don't even know what Sega make anymore. Um, I wouldn't have a clue. Just like Sonic. Yeah, that is literally that is literally all that was coming around my head. Sonic. Yeah, no, but mine's like that too. And then Chris said Total War, so I'm like, oh, okay. So I was Sonic, thinking Sonic thinking, in Total War. I was thinking of I was thinking <laughs> oh, of Sonic. Oh wow, and then I was assembly thinking, Sonic Jesus. Total War. And then I was thinking I was thinking Sonic, and I was thinking make it happen. And then I was thinking uh, Sonic and Knuckles, and then I was thinking Sonic on that 
uh, car racing version of Sonic. <laughs> and I was like, and then like, I was like, hmm. I swear they just make Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I just all I could see was that little hedgehog rolling around in circles, uh, like doing rings around me. To like, be fair, there used to be some great Sonic games in the early 2000s. Oh yeah, as well. Sonic was amazing. I feel like the I'm one with the, stop saying with the, the word black Sonic with it. the red markings, the chaos game. Yeah. Shadow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shadow. Shadow the Hedgehog, yeah. Shadow it was like a weird Hedgehog. open world game Sonic and there were like cars and stuff. Yeah, I'm going to awesome. stop saying the word because I've said it too many times. <laughs> Sonic, Sonic. It's starting to just sound fake. The word's not even sounding real anymore. But uh, <laughs> the last rumour, rumour nine, is two surprise studios have reportedly been acquired slash are in talks with Microsoft. Hmm. So the rumour doesn't tell you who they are, but bearing in mind it's um, been revealed that I think Bethesda were in talks for nearly two years. Um, it's very possible that there are talks going on because they've said two surprise studios. This kind of indicates to me that this is more like an obsidian, more like a really small, um, maybe independent studios that Microsoft have approached and been like, hey, do you want to come join us? <laughs> you know? Like open in the back of the I van. Feel, I feel like I, say, I feel like they're really sleazy when you said that. I, hey. I pictured Bradley pictured back of a van. I pictured like guy leaning on a bar, like, hey, you want to come with us? Like, well, the thing that's interesting before they before obviously Microsoft did all these big acquisitions, Microsoft started their acquisitions with these smaller studios, with like Obsidian, with In Exile, just these really really small like critically acclaimed studios that they were like, we'll take you and we'll take you <laughs> and we'll let you carry on doing what you're doing. We'll chuck we'll just chuck more money at you. So it was really like a win win situation. So. I don't think these are going to be big people. These are going to be, you know, these little studios that will just be a pleasant surprise, you know, which will lead to more games on Game Pass. I can't see this being two massive studios, you know? Mm -hmm. And also, I'm always dubious of rumours when I kind of, I'm inclined to believe the one, the surprise about publishing rights for an old video game. I kind of, I'm entitled to believe that. But this last rumour, because it says two surprise studios, and they're not, there's no names. I'm kind of like less inclined to believe it because mm. I'm like, I get them wanting to have a surprise with an, uh, with bringing back an old IP, but with studios, it's kind of like, unless there's still legal discussions going on, which is why they can't mention names. Um, but yeah. I don't know. It just seems a bit fishy to me. This last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was all nine of our Xbox rumors for their supposed plans in 2021. Do we have any uh, final thoughts on those nine rumours? We should have let Bradley read them because then they probably would have come true. <laughs> Damn it. No, they would have just been on Game Pass. <laughs> Every just single one rumors. of them. Rumours. <laughs> just lists of rumours on Game Pass. Or just a new <laughs> game on Game Pass called Xbox Rumours. <laughs> yeah, Xbox the guy, Rumours. The guy who puts, uploads them to the Game Pass, yeah, literally sits here listening to this podcast like, did Bradley say that? No, it wasn't Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Write that down, write that down. That's a great idea. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so we'll move on to my second bit of news today. And I wanted to talk about um, CD Projekt Red issued an official apology over um, Cyberpunk. So did either of you see this video? I didn't, but I wished I had now. I did to explain. Yeah. <laughs> So the co-founder of the studio um, shared his insights and his apologies um, regarding the game. So he apologized firstly for the lack of communication 
um, and that the way that some gamers had been misled. Uh, he said he publicly owns up and takes full responsibility for himself, uh, for himself and the board of directors. He asks that people leave the devs alone and stop sending them death threats as they're extremely talented people who tried their best. And at the end of the day, it was his and the board's decision to release the game and not the developers. So this was a really, he was, you could tell he was really quite emotional about it. Um, and a lot of people have said he's quite, he, he comes across as a very genuine person. Um, and it was just really refreshing to see some executives go, hey, look, those guys tried really hard. They worked their asses off. We chose to release it. They didn't, like, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. That is really good. It's, it's what they needed as a company to do something like this. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, he also went on to further say he never wanted to release the game in this state. He said their main goal now is to fix the game and regain the trust of their player base, Mm -hmm. which is their main goal, which has actually, you know, been um, confirmed because instead of releasing DLC, they have pushed back the DLC all the way till um, the third quarter of this year or uh, either the third quarter or December. It depends on the state of the game. And basically the first half of this year is all focused on fixes and betas and hot fixes. That is literally, they've released a roadmap um, that shows when all the fixes are coming, when different platforms are getting stuff. And you're already getting two two huge uh, updates of fixes this month. And there's like six fixes all listed in their roadmap up until just March itself, like huge updates. Um, So they've really sort of thrown themselves into this. This isn't like a half-assed, it doesn't appear to be a half-assed message because it's like, hey, look, we're apologizing. And they're like, this is our plan. And here is our roadmap. Mm -hmm. It's not like false. It doesn't feel like hollow words, if that makes any sense. Um, he also went in to explain that the scope of the game was too huge for the studio um, and that they did a lot of new things that they never encountered with the Witcher game. Like uh, it's something that Bradley's talked about as well. They always make games with PC in mind. They are a PC company. It was mm. only really with um, the port to, to consoles for Witcher 2 and then with Witcher 3 where they really did a, a release date, uh, a, you know, release on consoles. Before that, they were completely on PC. So they're very in like a PC mindset when they develop games, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously he said led to a lot of problems with the older hardware. And uh, they, you know, he held his hand up and said they should have tested it more on older hardware. He claims that they all underestimated the task of it in the game to run on the old consoles. Um, so it just, you know, I mean, it's, it's not acceptable. I'm not saying it's acceptable at all. But it sounds more like a genuine mistake and oversight on their half. They generally really wanted this game to run on it. They just didn't do the testing. And there's no excuse for that, like you should have done a testing. No, that, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing is that there's no, there is no excuse for it. You're absolutely right. But if, if the, the apology comes from a place of 100% sincerity and it's and that, you know, there's a lot of heartfeltness to yeah. it, which, which I fully believe there would be. I mm. mean, you know, how devastating must it actually be for all these people, not just him, but everyone who's worked on these games yeah. for, 
nine years yeah. for it to have come out and done this, you know. And, uh, and like you say, and, and, he, and they said they underestimated the task. So it wasn't like it was intentional. Um, just Like it couldn't be bothered, you know. Like yeah. Was, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I feel for them because I keep thinking about this game and how, how much of a shambles it's been all over the, across the board with what's happened with it. And I just think I want to be mad about it, but I just, you know, this is someone's like, Day, day-to-day living for nine years uh, and to watch it fail is actually really quite heartbreaking um you know and like yeah. and imagine you your... see that yeah. even this in this guy he was and you know you know he could be acting he could be but it felt genuine it didn't yeah. feel like uh, it didn't feel like a corporate script sorry. yeah it was just this sorry. guy yeah. talking pouring his heart out about it yeah yeah no, I respect that. And and I just, you know, I hope they do just get it to where they want it to be or closer to where they want it to be to a point where everyone can enjoy it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, the last sort of thing he talks about is he said they really, really worked hard on the Day Zero patch. Um, they really believed it would work and fix the game, which is why they told Sony and Microsoft that it would fix the game. He said, however, obviously, after it went clear, um, a lot of the log fixes... Uh, appeared to have broken other aspects of the game so obviously you know video game when you make a video Mm. game you can fix something and it can break something else right yeah and and he sort of talks about how because of covid they were all at home they were working on laptops they weren't like they lost that dynamic that you'd have in the workplace so people were logging stuff as fixed as done and not realizing it it had broken something else within the engine (laughs) Which you can understand. It, yeah. That must be terrible. Imagine trying to communicate and fix something when you're all in your houses, all like they're not in that workplace dynamic where you can do it, log it, test it, and then you're checking with your whole team and one of your four hundred staff notices something, so it goes, Oh guys, look, look, you fixed this, but this is but broken, broken now. That. This is the thing is that their environment, their work environment is such a, on a daily basis, they're all so close together. And so, you know, um, so going at a million miles an hour that it takes them all to be within close proximity to pick up on things like that. And like you say, it must have been, it, well, for all games companies, it must be so difficult at the minute for them to, to operate efficiently, um, which is probably why so many games as well are being pushed back because this exact reason that it, I mean, it must be a nightmare. Mm. I mean that's the thing. Like, like I say again, we we I'm not I'm not trying to make excuses for them because um, no. there are no excuses. And it, it and you know, but the thing is here, I think you have to look at this from both sides. It was a shambles of a release. It shouldn't have happened. They should have delayed the game again. Um, but it doesn't. There was no. It didn't. See, it doesn't seem like this was malicious. This was genuine mistakes. This was working from home due to COVID. This was so many issues that makes me really feel for them and i'm like look i get it like they do to a certain degree deserve um you know the criticism they generally do but have a bit of compassion and look at what this guy's saying look at what they're all telling you and be like oh you know it shouldn't have happened but it has and they're trying to fix it that's what you should take from this so it it was it was a it was a terrible thing and um the way they misled people was awful but they are trying to make amends and yep. i think 
so many other game companies would not do this, would not come out with this. It opens no. them to so many legal issues mm-hmm. because they officially apologize. Look at EA. Look at how many broken and destroyed games EA have released. And they just give radio silence. Nothing. Go on, they would come on then, Chris. Name one. Battlefront 2. I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like but, you can't name, but you can't name 10. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but, um... I mean, I love Battlefront 2, but... Yeah, so do I. I still play. I don't. Oh, oh I still great. play it. Battlefront oh, 1 updates. is so much better. It's so good. No, it's just... Oh, it's all... I love it. I still play it. It's great. It's great. Gross. No, you just... I, up, I just hate the, the power. <laughs> it, it, it's the power surge, though. It's all just like, do you have the credits? Like, what no, I loved about the anymore. first one... No, it, it is. It's it, not. You don't buy anything. Wait, what? When what are you talking that? about? I played it talk- like. What are you talking about, Bradley? When you say with the credits, what do you mean? These just skins. There's nothing there to buy in no, there. When you're no... in game, you get battle points. Yeah, you mean battle points for the yeah. to like to play as lit, like the heroes and stuff. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, so yeah. stupid. Yeah. Oh, I thought you like, mean... when when I played the first one, the only people I wouldn't be able to take down are the you know the the, the heroes. But even then, you could do basically half the health. And now it's just ridiculous. You can still you, you can play still as kill a basic... heroes as a normal guy here. No. You no, can, Bradley. So I've played you can. So yeah, many you can, hours in it. but it takes like ten times longer, and you regen health as mm. a hero on kills. Not always. Not when yeah, I was you, are, it. you 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 regen health on kills, and then there's a few characters like Yoda and Vader who can buff their health for a short mm. period of time. Basically, it just feels crap to play as the basic grunts now, and I hate. Oh, it. I still enjoy. I it. feel I, like I you need to just get yeah. good. No, because yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. I was really good at the first one. <laughs> And then it's just like they're very, they're the very different one. games. I also feel I didn't like even play the first it, one. Oh my god! I think the first one is rubbish compared to the second one. But How could you? the first one <laughs> is so much. First better. one is massively overrated, and the first one I is played. Just the, I played the, the beta one, for the first one, but that was it. First one is just like COD in a Battlefront skin. Yeah, but like, it, no, in it, was, it was more Battlefield. And everyone's yeah. got a jetpack and a rocket launcher, and no, no other star cards equipped, and the sniper star. No, card no, no, no. The yeah. rocket launcher was annoying. I, I'll give it that. But at least, like, I don't know. You just felt like you could come across another player, and you'd know you'd be able to take them down. Like that's what it was like. Whereas in this one, it's like, oh, they're like you, but they're the slightly better version because they paid, you know, six hundred. Yeah, because they earn those points. No, but that's so But that's boring. like the original battlefields. It's like if you if you if you unlock the droidicas, you're tougher than everyone else. It's, but my it's the same dynamic. Battlefront 2014 or whatever it was. Yeah, that was about. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. I didn't There's play no the original about that. Ones. No you didn't play the original ones. No, not in the Xbox original. What? Nah, not see, for me. See, that's the thing. The, the 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 Battlefront 2 is more like the originals. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I don't like it. Wow. I, think it, anyway, I just think it's boring. I'm disappointed in you. Anyway, anyway well, not, we... not, not because you don't like Battlefront 2. I'm disappointed in you because you never played the original. <laughs> hey, I, you know, got uh, consoles late and stuff. I was... Wow. I don't know how to feel. I'm generally like. My first like upset. console that was mine was a 360. That's fair so, enough. Yeah. But I mean, those Otherwise, games it was sharing my mum's PS2. <laughs> Oh, the PS2 though. Oh, Bradley, <laughs> sorry. I know we're going sidetracked. Do you remember when we had the life out of each other when we went on, loaded up the Silent Hill and put Silent Hill on? Yeah. And, and um, and no, was it Resident Evil, wasn't it? Was it Resident? Evil? Yeah, the first Resident Evil, on, and when you go in the manor house at the start, and there's that zombie in there. Oh yeah, my it was, god! Yeah, it? it was. Yeah, yeah and I remember it so vividly, but in my head, so it was much. always Silent Hill. But no, it is Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah, I just have that memory. It never goes. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah, sidetrack. So EA, bad games. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So just saying um, that we like the transparency that's coming yeah. from CD Projekt Reds. Yeah. And uh, personally, me, I just, I'd like to see this from more of the game industry when mm-hmm. stuff goes wrong. Oh, yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, so I'll move, I'll move on to my last bit of news this week. And the, we have news today, uh, well, not today, but uh, this week, that Lucasfilm created, have created a spiritual successor to LucasArts mm-hmm. uh, with their new division, Lucasfilm Games. Indeed. So does anyone remember LucasArts? I do. I remember LucasArts, but um, what for? I, no. Do you, Bradley? Really. Not really. So this is actually really interesting because this is like kind of what you were just saying where you you didn't have original consoles. Right. And LucasArts were huge on the original consoles and the 360. So I I played all of these games. um, And for me, they're they're a huge part of my my childhood. So a a few of them, just to list them off quickly... um, so, obviously, they had a hand in the Knights of the Old Republic games. So, obviously, Bioware made them, but obviously, Lucasfilm gave a lot of creative insight. Um, and then games that they produced themselves were the Jedi Knight games, mm-hmm. Jedi Knight Academy, yep. which um, are set in Legends, where you are a Jedi trainee in Luke's Academy. And they're awesome games. To this day, a lot of gamers say that that's the best lightsaber combat ever made in a video game. Mm. Because you can swap between all the different lightsaber forms, um, which is really fun. Um, they made the uh, obviously the original ba- Battlefront games, which I love. Mm-hmm. Which obviously Bradley's never played. Shame, no. Bradley. No. Um, I, I would have played them at like some point, but not like properly. I yeah, would have played and them around mine. They're very or, yeah, dated now. I feel like if you don't have the nostalgia for them, if yeah, you played them, no, now, God, yeah. yeah I've no seen gameplay, and I'm just like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this I still love them, but it uh, carries a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. The Republic Commando game, which I love. Republic Commando is awesome. It's like rainbow six like the original rainbow sixes but it's like star wars republic commandos um the revenge of the sith game which is uh, the the revenge of the sith game's great it's so fun oh i played the revenge of the sith game yeah same yeah well there was the online multiplayer battles as well oh i never played any of those oh that was fun there was uh it was dueling and then um so say if you played as count dooku and someone else played as count dooku they would swap one player to play as a Jedi version of Count Dooku. <laughs> or if one person was evil Anakin, it would swap him to be like a good Anakin. Or if someone plays Obi-Wan again, it would like swap the other person to be a Sith Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. There was loads of really cool stuff like that. And then obviously the main game was obviously a retelling of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I, I forgot this game even existed. I really like it. I think it's really good. No, I know. That's what I mean. It's so weird that you say that. This is all flooding back. <laughs> so, uh, again, and more games. The Force Unleashed games, which we've all talked about mm-hmm. on this podcast. I'm pretty sure we're all big fans of the Force Unleashed games. Yeah. Still to this day. Um, the Republic Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Did you ever play that? No, I didn't. Now, that was a game. You played as Jango Fett. And it was the backstory to how he became the clone template. And you basically go around the galaxy and it's kind of semi-open world and you can arrest people. You're basically the Mandalorian, but you're Jango Fett. It's so good. It's such a good game. 
Uh, I'm surprised neither of you played it. But anyway, so I just gave you a huge list of games. And if you were a gamer in the early 2000s, there's a huge chance that you played one of LucasArts games. Like mm-hmm. they were massive. They, they had a huge part in my childhood. Like I played all of these games. They, they were so important to me, like growing up. Um, so for me to see uh, Lucasfilm, you know, revive a dead uh, arm of their company and, and go back into gaming, I think this is really exciting. I, I don't know what you guys no, think. I, I, yeah, 100%. I think it's great. Uh, obviously, I played some a lot of those um, games when I was younger. So um, I'm excited by that news. Yeah. So obviously, um, this looks to be an umbrella branding for all their Star Wars related products for their gaming license. Um, so there's no news on whether if they will do what LucasArts did of old, where they gave off the license to certain development teams um, and then obviously also made games themselves. That's what I'd like to see happen. But there's no news on if they're going to set up their own studio or if this will just be an umbrella um, sort of term. Mm-hmm. umbrella sort of like company where they sort of just advise on all these video game companies mm-hmm. um personally like i said i'd like them to give the license out to loads of people and make their own games like the lucas arts of old um but but time will sort of tell what will they do you know yeah um and also this news so uh comes with us that the exclusivity deal with ea is dead Oof. Well, why how, how do you feel about that it's kind of you know it's kind of weird what why has this happened is it just I don't timed think out it's weird i think ea have screwed the pooch here they've had um they've had the license for ages they've had the license since before uh, production started on the force awakens and what have they brought us two battlefront games that had very bad releases um which i love both of those games i I do but they had very bad releases especially on release um i mean battlefront 2 was a disaster on release and they went back and they fixed it and they it's a great game now um and then obviously they brought us rogue squadron and they brought us Jedi Fallen Order, which is, uh, I feel like, the one under their belt that everyone's yeah. like, way, well done, EA. You made a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to Respawn. Uh, but the other sort of thing is they had um, Star Wars um, 1313, another Star Wars RPG yeah. was in the works, and a third-person shooter Star Wars game was in the works at EA. And all three of these games... Um, products were cancelled across the years and the studios that were working on them were shut down by EA so you know I feel like if you're Disney EA has pushed loads of microtransactions caused a huge scandal with Battlefront 2 which yes they fixed but they still created a huge scandal for you and you've also given them your license for, you know, all these years. And they've cancelled more game, nearly the same amount of games as they've released. Like, they haven't done a very good job with this license. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it sounds like you're, you're, you're sort of more fond on what they've done than sort of um, the general consensus online, though, Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Do you really um, do? Do you agree with the uh, sentiment that the Battlefront games were bad on release? Or I think um, two was, 
Like oh, two was a disaster. Two, like not just from a. Two was you know, a. What I don't like pack two. did you buy? And then you got an overcharged minigun that like did so yeah. much damage that you could kill the whole team. Yeah, like not only do I not like two, like now, I know that like, because I bought a pack bad. and I got the overcharged minigun, and I was like, this is just like, <laughs> like what am I doing? Because I was just killing experience. everyone. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, don't I think... felt bad. I was like, I've just paid to win. Like, tis tis, Chris, you've. Well, it was randomised, so you never knew what you were yeah, going to get. But I got, but I got a supercharged um, minigun, and that's like <laughs> the best thing you can get. That if you played the game now, you wouldn't get that until like no. you were at the end of like heavy, right? But mm-hmm. I got that as a level one heavy, like from one of the the, the packs. And I was playing. I remember playing the game and just thinking like, this is awful. Like I'm just every couple minutes pulling out my minigun and killing like. 12 people as they come through the corridor like this isn't even fun <laughs> i like, bet I guess... it was i bet you was i was gonna say you say no, it's not fun because but... because it got to the point where i was just like it, it was like insta kills and i oh, just... see i would be lapping that up i would literally be laughing my head off no because i kind of like I, a I... challenge online yeah. you know yeah. I, I, I like a challenge like until I've... i start losing yeah. i want to feel no like I, I do like... know what you mean yeah you feel you want to feel like you've earned it rather than yeah. just you know easy easy win yeah, yeah. to be fair I'm, i mean i i don't know i i think they've massively um messed up with the star wars license except for jedi fallen order but uh, do you it's guys a, have different takes no i no i agree 100 percent. and i i mean jedi fallen order was beautiful but well, i know that, that uh what is it rogue squadron it is well, it's well that's, reviewed yeah exactly that's what well, i was gonna say i'm just gonna we, tell you it has, it has a very it, niche but very I, loyal i'm just gonna tell you yeah. that there's probably people out there who absolutely adore it but zach again bought that the other day and another impulse buy for no reason um because he likes games where he loves piloting and i was like oh you should he, he said about it and he was i was on sale i might grab it uh i think he's played it for about 20 minutes so far and he's had it for about two or two weeks or so um, and he's on Xbox every day. And I'm like, uh, and, he, and he's like, oh, you're not going to get with me? Uh, no, Zach. No, I'm not. So, I'm not. I don't like piloting at best uh, on the best days. So there's no way I'm getting that game. I just, I, I, I knew it was never for me. That's fine. But um, it's clearly not all that addictive because I think otherwise he would be on it all the time. And at the minute, he's, well, he hasn't gone back to it yet. Same as uh, Avengers. He never went back to that either. Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, um, so, yeah, but yeah, so so obviously that that as we saw, so that's the end of the exclusivity with EA. That does mm. not mean that EA will not make Star Wars games. No, we know they're working on um, a, a sequel to Fallen Order. Uh, it's rumoured that they're working on a Battlefront Three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping this will be the the, the standout win um, for the Battlefront series, where everyone will go, "Yes, well done, EA. You've yeah. made the most epic." Um, Battlefront ever that outshones mm. the originals yeah. and you know is everything great about the first two you made yeah that's what I'm hoping for so you know those who they're the people who are fans of the EA stuff that's not going away it just means that we're going to get more Star Wars games and hey. we can get Star Wars games from other big companies we can get Star Wars games from indie developers like this opens up so much possibilities and again it's like the golden age of Star Wars like the early 2000s I listed all those Star Wars video games we had all of those like within like a year of each other or some of them released in the same year like 
I, I, I don't think it's oversaturating if, because within Star Wars, you can do so much. You can do yeah. RPGs, you can do third person shooters, you can do first person shooters, you can do, you know, puzzle games. You can, you could literally do any genre of game you want. Oh, yeah, 100%. Star Wars license, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, that's the end of my news for this week. But mm. if I'm right, I believe Jack's news picks up literally mm. where it, mine finishes. Which literally does. So, um, okay, so we'll go straight into the one that links directly to your news story, which is uh, following on the Star Wars. Um, basically, we were just talking about how this opens up so many possibilities. And one possibility is already being presented to us in the form of Ubisoft. Um, Ubisoft posted to say that they are have just started a huge relationship between Ubisoft and Lucasfilm Games, and they are working on an upcoming open-world Star Wars game. Um, this is so exciting. Well, I'm so excited about this, but at the same time, I'm anxious. And there's, there's, I think you guys are both going to be in agreement with me. Um, Ubisoft, we all, as a, as a studio love um and they have a huge catalog of games that we love and adore but they also do make some do make some missteps um mm -hmm. and they do let us down from time to time and this is part of part of what i wanted to talk about really so um it's the dev team behind that did the division yeah that was when my bit, yeah. that was when they went ubisoft making star wars game i was like yes this yes, is awesome I, yeah. and then they were like from the studio that made the division and i was like Oh, all of a sudden you started to panic a little bit. You started to sweat. Um, but this is no. So this is the thing: is that Ubisoft. The, when I saw Ubisoft making Star Wars, I was like, "Oh my god, this could be like one of my favorite Ubisoft releases. Like this could be incredible." Because I'm really into Star Wars, especially at the minute, and I, I was just like, "This could be amazing." And <clears throat> seeing that the devs behind Division are making it doesn't mean that all my hope is gone. Um, it doesn't at all. I no. still the only problem for me right. is it's been revealed that it will be the same engine that the yeah. division runs on, and and straight away snowdrop, and yeah. straight away that makes does that make you just think is this game going to be boring and repetitive? Yeah, because I don't want it I... to just be like, yeah, you know, the the thing with I like the division games, mm -hmm. but there's a certain element where on division I have an assault rifle and I've shot a guy with like ten magazines. Yeah. And he's still got half health. And I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of just like... Cutting through tired. that yellow bar. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh... I'm tired. Like, yeah. I want... Game, please. I want the game... I want more responsiveness. Um, yeah. Especially, I think, actually, Division 2 is worse for this than Division 1. Yeah, I, I didn't was going to say that. I think 1 is, um, is a more well-rounded game. Yeah. yeah, and I did... But this is the thing, is that I really did enjoy the Division, so that's not me saying I didn't like it. Me too. I put so many hours into Yeah, I just think it, I think it was so well-made and it was clever and it was I also cool think the Dark it, Zone was was such a great idea. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, and it'd be it cool to see... Especially for the, the time it came out, it was very um, different. Yeah. So yeah, it would actually be cool to take certain features from those games and put them into a Star Wars game, um, hopefully without the bits that we don't like. Um, so it's a story adventure game. It's going to be open world, um, which is great. And so, I mean, there's loads of talks about like, I've, I've already seen a video today, um, people talking about the five things they want from this game or would like from this game. And, you know, mm -hmm. people putting together their own sort of, images and ideas um what do you guys want from it like what are your what, what are your ifs and buts like so, you know, what 
we already know it's going to be an action adventure game. Yep. Uh, which again is is not what the division is. I, no. I wouldn't say. No. Um, so that puts me a little bit at rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want a fun adventure within Star Wars that tells an interesting story, mm-hmm. but is very. Di- I, so I want a fun adventure that tells an interesting Star Wars story, but I also want it to be because I feel like Jedi Fallen Order does that in that yeah. it's an action yep. adventure game. Tells a really interesting story. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of hope that it's similar to that in that it tells a really interesting story, but I don't want it to just be you're a Jedi and it kind of feels derivative of Mm -hmm. Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Like, let us be like an Imperial agent or a smuggler or have this be like, or or like we talked about, let's be a Mandalorian. Yeah. Like something a bit different. I would quite... Yeah, see, I would quite like, going off on that, I would quite like to see this game be um, a game of choice. Um, I mean, obviously, if there's a, what, you know, like a set narrative to follow, then fair enough, great. But I would still like to see elements of choice within that. So I would, if it's an open worlded game as well, I would quite like the the immersion to feel like you really are this character. And maybe, you know, I'd like there to be a lot of customization not just in the sense of how you look what, and like stuff. division where you're just like oh i'm gonna put a new beanie on my jedi kind of but also i was kind <laughs> of thinking more like more 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 down to the down to the I details like instead of instead of like cosmetic <laughs> i'm more talking about things like class so so you know like you just said let me be a smuggler let me be a mando let me be you know um let you know, me wear a beanie let me wear a beanie <laughs> yeah but but in all seriousness like the i would like you to be mm. individual in a way like you're not just this guy and everyone's the same guy so, in yeah, story definitely. Kind of like would... dragon age origins where you're like um in that idea in that in like a fantasy rpg you're like i'm the like, swordsman tank or yeah. i'm the lovable rogue with a bow yeah or i'm the you know skinny sprawny little mage who shoots fire yeah, exactly. Like kind some in individuality to it. Yeah, but without. So you could be like, "Oh, I'm a Jedi Padawan." No, I'm a Mandalorian. No, yeah, exactly. I'm a... And and give us the freedom of choice to to do that. And you know, maybe even you know, like let's like go even deeper to that. Like you know, don't you don't have to be a certain race. You know, you can be like from any planet. You can be like make your origin if you know what I mean. Like make mm, this yeah. person your own. Um, and so that's interesting. Do you think they will set this? like uh, on one planet or do you think they have to kind of i would hope multiple and... uh, yeah i would hope it was a ship thing that you can you know your ships you you can uh, upgrade you know you can fly a galaxy uh, like different planets um because obviously explore. like i'm just thinking like the division it tended to be like set in like one city yeah or yeah, like yeah. even you look at um valhalla in that you kind of have norway and england and then that's like it hmm. kind of thing but but that's not a bad thing because england no. is absolutely really massive yeah it really depends on the countries. scale of these planets like you know the detail so if you did like tatooine to the scale of what they did england in valhalla mm. you know that would be quite interesting you know yeah mm-hmm. i yeah i mean is i mean we could talk forever and ever about all the things that we want slash don't want uh, but i just more than anything i just want this game to be i mean first and foremost done well and done justice but secondly i just want it to be an interesting adventure but with 
elements of choice like let it feel like an original story of of your own like i want it to feel indiv- like you say i don't want it to feel like jedi fallen order but made by ubisoft with a slight yeah difference, you know do you know what i mean like i want you can be free really running better in yeah, this one it's exactly. not as janky yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but but yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited, um, and I think Ubisoft just having Ubisoft's name on it makes me really excited. But I'm also very anxious because I don't want this game to flop. I really want this game to do well. No, and I I think a certain aspect of this news is good in that I think this will force EA and force Ubisoft to to up their game <laughs> because they're going to be yes, competing competing for a better Star Wars game for for better sales for better yeah. um, because the market. Just will be more saturated and it will just benefit us more about yeah. star wars games and also you said force which was really funny because we're talking about star wars and, oh yeah uh, so chris at the bottom oh, yeah. of that statement i just have to put this you put insert joke of this game being <laughs> assassin's creed tattooing <laughs> <laughs> to be oh, fair sorry. i feel like bradley oh, would really okay. like assassin's so... creed tattooing <laughs> no i don't know keep assassin's creed separate yeah yeah, but I'm well, really... it's just it's just it's just Valhalla, but everything's reskinned to be Star Wars. Wow. <laughs> no, no, it's like gross mod. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. You just said gross mods. I'm gonna that goes on to my next news piece. So, um, so <laughs> I hope that you do well. But you've just perfectly tied me into my next news piece, the new which is too. mods. Um, this one is second just bit of cyber, cyberpunk news. Yeah, we're going back to cyberpunk. I don't. If anyone hasn't seen this, you just need to please do it. It's only a really short piece of news. Somebody has made a third-person mod for Cyberpunk, and it is fabulous. It is incredible. Um, I mean, it's terrifying. Did you watch the little video clip I sent you? I'd seen it before, strangely enough. Like <laughs> Just before you sent the news over, I'd seen it that same day, um, just scrolling through um, YouTube, I think it was, not it just came up or something like that. And I sat and watched it, and I was in bits laughing at it and bradley please tell me you've seen it too which one i've seen different things i've seen like the swimming oh no you must have seen the running have you not seen the run and the slide slide. third person i haven't seen the slide oh my god bradley i feel like you just need to quickly look now while you're like in the background just while we're talking about it so basically somebody has literally you see his body like start because obviously it's not designed for third person, is it? No, like, no. Um, this the is, whole this... the whole thing is your character. They basically the 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 whole body is wigging out and freaking out in third mm. person because the way your character moves, they obviously haven't designed the body with third person in mind. No. So they can do a bit of m- movie magic, if you will, <laughs> in that. <laughs> Did you just see it? Did you the see the slide? Is did you see the gorilla arms? The like huge steroid arms that it bring puts on you when you like when you jump, or oh, when he runs, or yeah, yeah, and these arms just go massive and mussy <laughs> like gorilla arms. It's like, so I feel like I can't blame them because that's something that you don't yeah. see in the first person. No, but this is what's brilliant is that somebody's obviously it didn't take long for someone to do this and make this mod. And I just think it's brilliant because obviously a lot of people were like, Oh, I wonder how cool Cyberpunk would look in third person. Yeah, a lot of first. people wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the, the option. And this is literally brilliant. Like <laughs> not all I'm been designed say, for third person. <laughs> it's a really short bit of news because there's not really a lot to say other than that. It's fantastic. But just YouTube it and watch it because Oh or maybe it if is. you've got Cyberpunk on the PC, maybe if you want to laugh, you get download the, mod. the mods. Yeah, it will probably be on Nexus. If if you're if you're struggling to play the game normally because you have issues with it, just play <laughs> this mod and it will just make everything worth it. Yeah, I mean it'll probably make the bugs and the breaks even Worse. funnier. 
yeah yeah and even funnier yeah um but yeah so i mean there's not much to say about it bradley's obviously watching it now because he's gone quite quiet um but it is it's is fantastic i'm like and do you, i get it <laughs> just so that you can oh, you so have can... you played any of cyberpunk no still not still haven't still haven't the delved into it. the third person mod. yeah third person mod on i don't oh, there's a part of me that wants to but there's also the part of me that's like no your first time can't be playing it like this oh this is yeah, really maybe bad. wait till march after like the six updates and hopefully it'll be like good it's, it's just like made of jelly <laughs> oh it's brilliant it's, it's great it's just the proportions <laughs> of the body and everything are just horrible it's great it's so um, gross i don't know what ha- oh, i don't know it's, just, it's brilliant i really enjoy it yeah it's really funny um so yeah go check that out um but moving on to my last bit of news and this one is something that it's a movie uh, a rumor actually but some movie news from me and i personally think this sounds really interesting so um we have rumors that terminator 7 uh which is being made could be uh a light reboot that focuses more on its horror elements, but the first movie Um, that in itself really like grabs my attention because I think that's awesome. I think Terminator. Oh, the first one's such a good horror movie. Yeah. It did so well as a horror, like as, as being scary. I remember being absolutely terrified as a kid, as a kid, that first Terminator. Oh, it's it's fantastic. And like a lot of people would argue that it's it's the best one. The thing is, if you watched it now, if you've never seen it before, Mm. it's because of the dated effects and stuff. Yeah. um, It probably wouldn't scare you to be honest. No, no, no. But, but you can appreciate it. At the time, my God, I remember watching that as a kid and it was just like, just that feeling of like your heart in your hands you yeah. know yeah did you ever see the first terminator bradley no oh it's uh, great never watched the terminator oh my god but you've never watched any of them no get out of this podcast. In terminator 2 <laughs> so so terminator 1's a really good horror film <laughs> yeah um terminator and I, great. I, I, still I didn't think, know it was a horror film oh because the whole thing with terminator 1 is uh, the terminator in terminator 1 it's obviously Arnie is the Terminator and he's this cold, ruthless killing machine with no personality. Right. Um, and Kyle Reese is a resistant, resist, resistance fighter who's sent back to save um, uh, Sarah Connor, who's Sarah John Connor. Connor's obviously mother. So it's so terrifying because you have this killing machine and just normal humans. Um, right. And obviously he's this giant because it's when arnie's at his biggest like he's yeah, yeah. massive and it's his best role hands down best role oh ever. yeah he's terminator so 2 is great but it's very different isn't it they, they and then change you go so on to much. 2 and like jack said it's very different it's an it's an uh it's action, more sort of. <laughs> of an action sort of with some horror elements and mm. and the the sense of fear and dread in terminator 1 isn't there anymore because arnie is the good guy this time yeah Arnie's protecting John from a more advanced Terminator. But oh, okay. because you have these two Terminators duking it out, it becomes more of an action movie. Yeah, yeah. It becomes uh, more with like horror a bad elements. Ass, like, Whereas bad in that first film. one, it's just terrifying because it's just this yeah. unstoppable, cold hearted machine. And you're so scared for the protagonist's lives throughout the whole of the first movie because so, so many people die in that first movie. Like, there's a scene <laughs> where he busts into the police station and literally kills all the cops in the police station and (laughs) and the main characters are sort of trying to get out 
and it's just i remember that as a kid being terrifying yeah and and that's why i think this would be great because with today's effects going back to the horror elements this could and making this one really really dark and everything could be incredible like i think it'd be brilliant and i kind of would love them to 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 make a really scary horror yeah and the thing is is i'm kind of all pooped out with terminator i'm not gonna lie like yeah with um, the action last side of things yeah like i don't really are there Oh God! Uh, there's there's Terminator. Oh, well, this is Terminator, Terminator seven, two. So this, Term- this would be Terminator seven. So surely there's six. Yeah, but the way six. it works is there's there's Terminator one, Terminator two, Terminator three, Rise of the Machines, mm-hmm. then Terminator four, which is the one with Christian Bale, Terminator yeah. Salvation. Salvation. Christian Bale I, was in. Yeah, yeah he plays John Connor. I I really like Salvation. I think Salvation is really good. I think um, that's about where I started to get bored of it, I think, around there. But but the thing is, Salvation didn't do, do well, so they cancelled it. So that was Terminator 4. Then they cancelled that and made a new Terminator 4. That didn't do very well, so they cancelled that. So basically, you've had Terminator 4 like three times. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're at Terminator 7, but there's been like four Terminator movies where they're like, this is the new the, sequel. That yeah, but it, it was the last cancels one. cancels out the old sequels. The last one um, where it's like the women in power thing and it was just, oh, I don't know. It just, I, I don't know. The last one was just weird. Yeah. Uh, they, they've, not, they've not been good since Terminator 2. No, not really. You had Terminator 1, which is an amazing horror movie. Terminator, Terminator 2, is which is an amazing action-adventure action, movie. Yeah. Terminator 3, which is okay. Um, and Salvation, which personally I really, really like because Salvation mm. is this horror action um, dystopian future, mm-hmm. which I actually think's really. I rewatched it the other day. I actually think it's a really good movie. Christian Bale's really good as John Connor. Uh, it's got Sam Worthington um, from uh, Avatar and from um, Black, Black Ops. Ops. <laughs> Uh, who plays like a he's he, I won't spoil what he plays because it's a bit of a spoiler. I I think you really like Salvation Bradley. Probably um, but that Christian Bell and Sam Worthington. So I'm in. Yeah. So this rumor obviously also includes the rumor of Arnie returning again, um, which uh, and apparently de-aging using de-aging to not not that Arnie in real life is going to de-age. I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's I mean, what they're going to do. They're, they're, uh, they're no strangers to de-aging him in this franchise because no, this will no. be like the third time they've de-aged him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, we don't know if it's definitely true, but at the same time, I would be very open to the idea. Do you know what? Um, kind of leads me to i really hope this is true kind of what leads me to dis think this is um the fact that this would be a reboot under disney yeah but as much as that makes me go oh maybe disney wouldn't lean into the horror elements but at the same time we do know that disney are remaking alien and they're really meant to be leaning into the horror with alien Mm -hmm. so maybe this is again just disney turning a new leaf and going really on board with the hardcore adult content you know yeah this new rebranding this ain't your granddaddy's disney <laughs> and also this kind of goes back to your other um, piece of news we talked about a couple of week, uh, week or two ago um which was about disney uh, disney star um this which was again not confirmed at the time but since it has been confirmed because i've had the email from disney telling me that disney star category will be on disney plus membership uh, on my thing soon um, again so, so so yeah you, that, that, that could be, be their their big horror yeah 
at movies for star you know and also just so you know we nailed the description of how it would work um just based off our own accusations because the the email actually details that it can be uh pin protected so that obviously for your kids and stuff so they don't click on it so we actually just made up how it was going to work and it did i know disney listened to the podcast and we're like write that down write that down what's he saying did bradley say that (laughs) (laughs) no bradley didn't say it ignore him Uh, but yeah so uh yeah i'm i'm excited if it's true so that's the end of your news isn't it yeah it is yeah okay so time for mine mine are quite short in comparison to what we've had so far um so starting off we have uh the kind of thing that's come forward recently uh is that microsoft reportedly tried to acquire nintendo so this came forward after the uh, successful acquisitions that Microsoft has just made, um, such as uh, ZeniMax. And it was revealed that uh, Microsoft, when Xbox was kind of young in its infancy, um, it tried to purchase Nintendo in a, in a bid to improve their sales um, and the view of the Japanese Asian market. So this is kind of like quite a weird thought that we could have had Microsoft owning Nintendo um, which obviously Nintendo kind of used to be part of the uh, the console wars, which is weird to think about. It is, isn't it? Like right. we used to be like, oh, the, you know, we are, are you Microsoft, Nintendo, or so like you know Sony, but Nintendo has kind of treated it as, as its own little special snowflake at this point. It's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I like that. That's, it's a good way to, to sort of look at it. Well, because it is. It's like you know, in a safe it's space. It's happy yeah, exactly. Down. It's like we're content. We charge extortionate amounts for crappy games, but you know that's how we make our buy money. Buy Pokemon. Yeah, but buy Pokemon, <laughs> and it's you know millions of plushies and you know merchandise. Um, but yeah, so it's it's quite weird to to think they used to be in that kind of war. Um, I think this could have been such a great asset for Microsoft to actually acquire. Um, it, it would have done so much for their for their company. They would have had just a complete new way to tackle uh, the market in gaming. Because like I said, Nintendo is its own little special snowflake at this point. It's kind of um, taking a niche where Xbox and PlayStation kind of go at it for these AAA titles. And Nintendo's quite happy to just sit on its little kind of indie games and... Um, like smaller you know what it would class as its own little triple a games that are running on switch um then it targets that audience and it, it does such a good job and and it has such a like you know cult following almost of nintendo yeah. fans that, that it would have just got some ips huge. that people really love yeah like um zelda and obviously mario is still you know somehow a massive thing um <laughs> Pokemon obviously being like the biggest franchise in the world somehow. Um, so yeah, they just have these, this incredible like niche that it would have been amazing for Microsoft to acquire. Apparently the Nintendo executives um, laughed at Microsoft, um, which I think, yeah, exactly. Which I, I thought um, it was quite rude and, and they um, had a strong desire to stay independent Um I mean, you know, I, I kind of get it to the fact that, I mean, it said that this was when it was in their, when they were in their infancy. So yeah. obviously Microsoft was still a huge company, but the Xbox was unproven. Um, PlayStation was the, the thing at the time. PlayStation was big, huge in the Asian markets and Xbox were trying to, you know, get their foot in the door. So they thought, we'll buy Nintendo. Um, and then Nintendo were like, what are you talking about? 
Um, what I are mean, you talking about? You got, the, the report did kind of say that Microsoft were like, hey, look at our hardware. Like, it's so much better than yours. We could run so much better on here and you can throw yours away and not worry about it. And then we'll just run it all on ours. Throw yours away. Game well, what now? Game boy? Game girl? <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think there's, you okay. know... Who cares what it is? It's in the garbage now. You've got an Xbox in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's an interesting one, this. And it goes to show that Microsoft have been trying to sort of acquire stuff from the get-go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think it would be interesting to see how different things might be at Microsoft now if this hadn't happened. Oh, good, yeah. I think that's, in that's some what ways means. it's good that this didn't happen. Yeah, it might have changed the way they kind of operate in a huge way. And um, like we say, they are a rising star in the Asian market now, aren't they? Especially yeah. in Japan. Yeah, and the, these we said in the recent uh, console releases, they, they've actually started to make a dent into Sony's kind of territory. Um, as so maybe was. Nintendo might be like, hey, you know what, actually, guys? Actually, do you remember when you're trying to, trying to buy us? Um, <laughs> we'll be open to it again if you throw enough money our way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I still think Nintendo would probably laugh at them. Yeah, <laughs> you trying I think again? Happy where they are, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, having Pokemon is just an insane boon for you. Just you can't really go wrong if you've got that as as your exclusive. Um, but yeah, I don't feel like Microsoft needs those IPs though. No, not necessarily. But I'm just saying the cash cow that is Pokemon is. Could is you imagine like the insane. level of? game microsoft could make with pokemon though but yeah and this is what upsets kind of like pokemon fans at this point is um the fact that the the development studio game freak are kind of they treat pokemon like it's an indie game and and it's like this really small project and it it's really disappointing when you you know you know how much money that it brings in and yet we get these games the development budget is not there right exactly and you're like like they it's not i enjoyed like i said i enjoyed my time with uh, the latest release and it was my first um, pokemon game but i can see why people are annoyed it just we're in like 20 you know 2018 i think it released or maybe 2019 um and it just it's it's not a 2019 game like it's kind of sad um and and you do think of what microsoft could do you know you give it to obsidian (laughs) the kind of massive massive rpg that they could make and actually like graphically what you could do we could even i'd microsoft would like even be quite happy to like probably do the more adult take as well like we talked about before yeah where you Uh, do uh, this huge rpg where you have a legal cage match fights it's just like it would be so cool um kind of expanding that but they play it so safe the story is like really safe it's really like child friendly and i don't know like I enjoyed my time with this Pokemon, but I think if they, you know, kind of continue this way next time, it'll be just a case of like, I would be part of that group of like, why are you still doing the same yeah. thing every like, you know, other I'm, year? I mean, obviously I haven't played the new ones, um, mm-hmm. but I obviously played Pokemon Ruby, Pokemon Red, Pokemon, all I, you know, all of the old ones on the Game Boy yeah. years and years ago. Uh, you know, I got, I don't know, I had like, I think I've still got them in the cupboard somewhere. I think there's like... <laughs> eight of them in there um and i loved them but from what i saw of the newer ones they're not really all that different except for a few new features newer graphics new sort of yeah they're kind of still the same game just with like improvements 
Yeah, just for the for the improvements. Yeah, and the improvements are just like minor though, in terms of like graphically, if you compare the first and the latest release, you're gonna see a massive difference. But you compare it game on game and you're like, hold on, actually. (laughs) It's not really going anywhere. It's not doing anything. Um, especially because they they have their Pokemon Snap, which is where you you take photos of Pokemon. I don't know if you've seen it. It's kind of a weird game. Um, <laughs> I've never played it, but they released a trailer for that, and it actually looks really nice running on Switch hardware. And you're like, wow. why couldn't we have got this kind of you know graphical fidelity, but in in the mainline game rather than having it in the spinoff? Um, so it's kind of like we know they're capable of it, but yet they don't they don't do it. Um, so it's that's just one of those things. Yeah, and that's why it's like, that's, that's one of the reasons I would like Microsoft to kind of be like, look, they go. could really blow it up and give you this huge AA Pokemon experience. Yeah, and, and like also with the whole, if they did, you know, bring in the hardware again, Nintendo is famously not good with powerful hardware. They're good at making in, innovative hardware, like, you know, the Wii kind of, we can, you know, all remember how impressive that was when that first came out. Um, with its motion technology and even the switch controllers are really impressive um so they're good at that kind of thing but the actual switch hardware isn't very good realistically mm. um and you can imagine what kind of powerhouse yeah. that microsoft would put in to make it you know this portable console um with the kind of innovative thinking that nintendo has and the kind of hardware like you know design that microsoft have under their belts it's it, quite a winning combo these, isn't it yeah, like imagine the second Switch if they had, you know, both of them on board and, and we just have this like powerhouse. What are we little... talking? Switch Series um, XXX. <laughs> Switch, Switch Series X Pokemon Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Some ungodly name. Yeah. Do you know the only thing I'm imagining that po- kept popping into my brain when we were talking about this? I also think about an awesome Master Chief crossover where he lands in the Pokemon world. Doesn't see any trainers. Taking them all out. Thinks they're like a new covenant species. And it's just like starts fucking unloading with the uh, assault rifle, like killing all the Pokemon. <laughs> Shooting the knee. Punching them all. I've encountered new covenant Cortana. <laughs> just Eevees and Pikachus blowing up in pink smoke. <laughs> Throw a grenade. <laughs> the grenades that stick. Just like, just like starts boarding Charizard and punching him in the back of the head. Energy swords. <laughs> Uh, I love this. I love the fact we, we're coming up with our little Microsoft Nintendo, you know, crossovers already. Even though this I was see a, a mod. this was the thing yeah, of the past. See how quickly no. Pokemon becomes violent under Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can <laughs> <laughs> can very quick. Um, anyway, so moving on to uh, to my next piece of news, and that is um, to do with the Steam's Game of the Year award, and this year. Um, it has gone to Red Dead Redemption, which you might be thinking Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, you know, not this year, but on PC, it technically came out um, in December of 2019. Uh, so it, you know, just meets that kind of uh, yearly Parameter. check. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I can't really be too upset with this. I know that a lot of people like Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of people like Red Dead Redemption 1. I personally wasn't a big fan of Red Dead Redemption 2. It just felt too slow. It was too big for me. I I mean, Um, I think we're all actually the unpopular opinion of we're all actually not very big fans. Yeah, which I'm surprised you are, Chris. I thought you would have, out of the three of us, kind of had the time for it and... I mean, I I really like it. It just got to the point where I think if I could fast travel, I would have finished it. Yeah. But because I had to ride everywhere, I just got so 
bored. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so yeah Redemption One was so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and thought Red Dead Redemption One is still a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. definitely. It's still, I think, the best, the greatest Western game ever made. Mm, I, I think I think Red Dead Redemption Two is a beautifully made game, and the level of detail in it is astonishing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's just it, it gets lacks. to the point where I think it's too much. Yeah, yeah, and that Red Dead Redemption One does so much less, but what it does do, it does better in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, but like, like I said, a lot of people did love Red Dead Redemption Two, yeah. especially when and it came we out get on PC. why people love it so much. Yeah, and and that's oh, yeah. what we kind of like about you know we've kind of we talked about this quickly before. Um, we like the fact that this was actually voted for by Steam users. So I I voted in in these awards compared to the Game Awards, where I realised I had no actual say. Um. And this is actually, you know, from from the people, from the public, uh, the people actually play the games, because you know, we don't have to just go off of what critics say all the time, because no. <laughs> the people that play the games are the ones that want to vote. You know, they're the ones that actually play the games. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to actually get a, a get, you know, a type of game awards that um, that By actually the takes masses. our yeah, that actually takes our opinion uh, into account, uh, and. Chris will want me to say this. Doom Eternal won best soundtrack. As <laughs> it always should have been. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if I'm it pre- down to the votes well, of the people. You'll be have. happy to hear I actually voted for that as well. Yeah. Do you vote with your hands shaking out of the pressure if Chris found out you voted? It's just like, <laughs> did you? Did you really? Did you? <laughs> no, I voted for um, trembling, like, a soundtrack for a Doom Eternal. Um, but game of the year, I went for Hades, but you know, didn't get it, did it? But, Was Hades um, for up though, Bradley? I don't know. I didn't actually look at the um, the runners up. I only looked at the the winners. <laughs> I, I don't look at the losers. There is no um, second place. But I t- actually, to be fair, I can't remember if I voted because you're only allowed to vote for one thing for each category, um, and like you weren't allowed to do repeats. And I wanted to put Doom Eternal in for best soundtrack and best um, sound effects, like best uh, SFX. And I can't remember which one I put it in for, but I definitely put it in for one of those two. So best sound as a category you know Um, yeah at least it won one though yeah exactly at least it won one but um yeah so you know we're kind of happy that users and like players of games are having their say yeah having their say on like the game awards which are just you know completely rigged shambles but yeah Yeah. so that is but anyway that is that (laughs) that piece of news and Onto, I, knew, I can't believe you left this one till last. I was like, uh, uh, I want to talk about this one. I right, so I picked um, the smallest bit of news I've ever talked about, and that is Epic Games bought a uh, a mall, if you're in America, or shopping center, if you're English. They bought a shopping center um, in North Carolina, and they're going to make it their headquarters. I, can we just quickly talk about that distinction of I love how Americans were like we're going to the mall and then yeah. we're like oh it's a shopping center darling <laughs> well, I, I, to be but fair, then we don't talk like but then like that's how Americans <laughs> think we would say it but we don't sit there and say we're going to the shopping center no just go you want to go lakeside want to go lakeside want to go shops yeah you normally just say the place but that yeah, would say the actual name there. of the center didn't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so yeah they're going to make it their headquarters I think this could be like 
such a weird little thing to do um it's you know, just so strange though. i think it's so I cool want like a like a theme park for epic games yes. like I, I imagine this is going to be a wonderful wacky place yeah like i know this is a bit far-fetched but i imagine like there's like a little um little train that they take around the pl- uh, to from get to place to place yeah and like each of the shops is like a different department thing. or like yeah, yeah like a, d- a separate thing and you can kind of go in at Keep some point hoping, hoping it's like a hybrid of like google headquarters yeah and like disney world what yeah. if they just try and make like a physical Fortnite map oh my god that's amazing <laughs> it's, all, it's all in the different shops like oh my god like all the different shops are named different places from the Fortnite map <laughs> Yeah, and they designed like them. Oh my oh, god! Just so quickly, as as a quick aside, I saw a kid the other day go, "Oh, what Master Chief from Fortnite?" Oh my god! <laughs> I put my hand on my head and was like, "Kill Did, me, well." And then you realised why all these crossovers and you know events aren't a good thing. <laughs> Next, like it's Master almost Chief like someone Fortnite. getting a, a, the God of War and being like, "Oh, what that bald man in Fortnite?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that weird skin. Why is he called that? Uh, Oh, oh, so yeah, fun little piece of news that I just wanted to share everyone that they've bought um a, a you know a shopping centre um and you can actually go and look at that. a picture of it. It's it's quite big to be fair. So they've got a lot of space to work with. I really hope that that Epic Games listen to the podcast and go, "That's a great <laughs> idea. We should you know what? Yeah. It's a Fortnite place, Epic Land, <laughs> <laughs> Epic Land. <laughs> Get like do oh. visit, like tours around it." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope they they make something very, um, like say, obviously it needs to be functional, but I hope there is an aspect to it where people can go on tours and stuff. That'd be really yeah, cool. Be wicked. Um, and I hope that's what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that is all my pieces of news. So I believe we're going on to the solo reviews and um, I will go first. And my, my review this week is for... Um, recent-ish release immortals phoenix rising and i've noticed on the the kind of like outline chris has spelled it the proper way and i'm assuming that's because you don't like the other way i don't like the other way and i actually kind of <laughs> forgot how they spelt it it's because the way and they spelt I, it I, makes no I, sense i really couldn't be asked to, to type into google to find how they spelt it because <laughs> so it's like, infuriating that's why so, so chris and jack hate the name still so um, i was like i'm just gonna put it put it normal i you if i was you chris and i was typing the news up i'd have just called it gods and monsters <laughs> Probably so, should have. so the reason it's spelt like that is because that's actually the main character's name yeah, um, i don't care why don't they just spell the name that way um i don't know it's just but it kind of fits now now that i've played it it kind of fits him a little bit better than that that name would have um anyway so i got this um when i bought uh well when i got valhalla uh pretty much i got it during the um the winter sale um you could actually get it for like 25 pound which is ridiculous when it's you know a new release almost um wait 25 pounds it was in the winter sale yeah jesus well that's like I basically nearly bought, i nearly bought it because it was so cheap but oh, I didn't you've I didn't missed out money. i know <laughs> so it's like it's a game I, I finished Valhalla and I went straight into that and I, you know I, I reviewed Valhalla and I said how much I loved Valhalla and I was kind of like it's gonna have to be pretty good to, to you know to kind of do anything and I was like I went into it and I, I instantly was like this game has charm it's it's so quaint it's it's you know you can tell the developers had so much fun making it 
and that's what i instantly was drawn into um it's the if you don't know it's the assassin's creed odyssey developers yeah um, i thought it was that that um that have tackled this project so you know they finished making odyssey and then they went straight on to this project um once all the dlc had kind of released mm. and it, it kind of has if i'm right just from what i've seen it, it has a very similar charm to odyssey from what i've seen yeah yeah and it just it just goes beyond that whereas odyssey so what i said um while i was playing it is whereas kind of odyssey was trapped in the assassin's creed shackles it was you know it needed to to fit that you know that formula it had to be an assassin's creed game this was you know it took all the elements from assassin's creed because don't get me wrong there are a lot of kind of similarities to assassin's creed um especially odyssey it took all of that that they wanted to do in that game and then they just add like stupid things wacky things fun things that you can tell that they would have loved to have added to Odyssey, but, you know, had that kind of limitation of being an Assassin's Creed game. Um, and I just think that it was such a nice experience to have a game made by, you know, a massive company that wasn't forced to be just another carbon copy of, of the previous game. It was something yeah. that um, you can feel. It was a they passion wanted. project. Exactly. It was a passion project. It was something that the developers kind of clearly had creative uh, direction for themselves. They, they just, you know taking it and and made this new ip um and i said like i i feel like there hasn't been any real new ips um you know in a long time especially um from ubisoft so i was sitting there and i was like when was the last ubisoft new ip can you think of it i can't no uh probably would it be before this would it be division yeah and think how long ago division was (laughs) like that, that's how insane it is. Oh, I? well, I suppose there's that Battle Royale thing. Ugh, don't talk about that. Hyperscape. That doesn't exist. No, that's more Hyperscape. Anyway, so yeah. it was just it's just like a really nice um, thing to actually see developers doing it, especially when you've got like kind of the whole cyberpunk, you know, awful de- debacle with the whole crunching and stuff. This feels like something they wanted to do and they kind of took their time with and they did properly. Um, and it has so much charm. It's just, it has, like you said, that Odyssey charm, but it goes beyond that. And it's kind of like, it's stupid and it doesn't take itself seriously. That, um, that, and that's, it, that's what yeah. I was going to say to you, Bradley, is that I, cause I debated this game so heavily. Um, and the, the, I watched a couple of different people's opinions on it and things like that. And the overall general consensus was that this game is very lighthearted. Like it kind of yeah, takes definitely. as a joke uh, almost to the point that, and they said, like they said, it's almost, you know, the, the, some of the scripting in that is almost cringy to the, like, like an old cartoon or something like to the point. Yeah. Like really it's, old games though yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it's just fun. fun. Like you, you, you can't help, but just smile at points and just be like, so stupid. Um, just from like the, some of the comments that they make. And, and one of the biggest driving forces behind that is the whole game is told as a story. So yeah. At the beginning, oh, um, I like that. Zeus, um, who's played by like such a, you know, the, the, all of the voice actors are pretty much from Odyssey. Um, so if you liked any of the kind of Greek, accents um, the voice acting so good yeah and i really liked him and basically like the whole kind of cast has come back um for like because you recognize the voices or you know they just sound very similar um because i didn't actually look specifically into who was doing it because i was so sure um that it was from odyssey um at least most of them are anyway and the, the like zeus is kind of this like you know wacky sounding character um, you know, you don't, he's not what you expect Zeus to sound yeah. like. And I really like that. And he, he's he not this almighty to... king of the gods. He's more just this sort of like, 
Jackass. Yeah, exactly. And he talks to um to uh Prometheus Ajax and stuff, doesn't he? He talks to Prometheus and Prometheus tells your story as Phoenix and you get to make Phoenix's character. And again, that was really nice that we didn't have to be a specific person because it really fits that kind so, of game. Sorry, so that was that was a question I had for you. So cuz you said him uh, yeah, and so I was I, like, hang on, I yeah. swear it's a girl. No, and, and this is the thing. They, Are you serious? Yeah, so it's a, there's never... a char- character creator. And no Whoa, way. they, they never, should have they advertised this a bit I, I made my character, and I, I lo- he's not an extensive character no, creator, no, no. but I made him and I loved him because of the graphic style and everything so smooth. You're making me so, so like, angry that I didn't buy so it. Cartoon-y. Yeah, I just thought it was like yeah, a, a predetermined yeah, no, no, female. So, so the, the nothing reason, wrong with that. I thought no, she actually no, looked no. really cool. But Yeah, but they just didn't. Yeah, just... same. And I thought I was going to play as her. And then I get into it and there's a character creator. And I literally said, like, I don't know whether to play as her or to play as someone else. Like, to play as um, what I always do, which is make someone as close to me. And I was like, no, everybody will be playing as her now, probably. So I'm going to make me like I you know, would always normally do in a game. Um, and I did, and I absolutely loved my character. And every time I looked at him, I was like, he so looked like cool looking. I gave him like a little moustache and beard. And the best part is, is you have a brother in it. And my brother literally looked like we could have been brothers. And no I looked way. him up. I was like, no, there's no way. Like it must just take the kind of character creation elements you've done and put it into your brother. I looked yeah. him up and he actually looks like that. And I was <laughs> like, we've got the same color hair. We've got the same style of hair. We literally look like brothers. And I was like, whereas if you'd played as the the kind of redheaded girl that they'd been advertising you would look nothing alike and i was like that's crazy like i've actually made someone who fits the character more than their character oh um, you're so good but yeah no it's um i thought you had to play as her as well um what i kind of my take from it was that they used her as a static character because there was no face for the game um, right so I think because obviously with Assassin's Creed, you can either use male or female mm-hmm. Eivor, and that was the face of the game. Like you could just put that on the, the box or whatever you needed to do as artwork. Whereas with Phoenix Rising, there was no character. Um, and obviously it was, you know, that is the central focus is Phoenix. Um, so I feel like they picked just kind of this character, the redheaded girl um, as the central character and then just stuck with it. Um, she does look really cool. And like it, it, it feels like what? she is meant to be the main character because yeah. like when you look at a lot of like the armor sets that you can collect, they're all the female versions in terms of their little icons. Um, so you, obviously they don't look like that when you put them on, but they're like base icons are. Uh, you can tell they're the female versions because they have like it's bras. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, that's really cool. Boob armor. That's yeah. really cool, and it's made me want the game even more. I know it sounds silly, but I really wish they'd kind of disclosed that. But because and now that you're saying the game was good, and it was, and I mean, I'm sure you, you may have some issues. Yeah, with it. I, I feel not, like but, maybe they screwed the pooch on the marketing but, here. Yeah. Um. Uh, but do you remember? This is what I was going to say about the marketing. Do you remember the first ever reveal for it? Um. With the dragon yes. on top of the hill. Didn't they have like a monster? Was... Didn't they have like an energy drink ad as well? Oh no, that was the, the debate with the about the title, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no. yeah, no. So the first trailer was like um, it had a harpy in fields it. and all that. And yeah. It had a harpy in it, yeah, but the, the, ga- the character was the game like that. But yeah, but the character model was pretty much Altair from Assassin's Creed, like the assassin's robes, and he had the hood up. And do you remember he had the white? It was like a kind white. Oh, man. you're talking about the original, yeah, original, the original um, release. It's just trailer, really, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just yeah. weird that they then did away with, the, with that. Like it was so strange how it how it. Changed. I think because I remember that announcement trailer, and I remember so many people said this is just um, Assassin's Creed ripoff. This right. is just like Odyssey 2.0. So I think after that they went away and they really 
went crazy with it and made yeah. it its own person, like sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. character instead of feeling like Odyssey 2.0. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, it's just a fun experience. If you like puzzles, there is a lot of puzzles in them. Uh, in the annoying, game. Though. I didn't find them annoying, um, but I'm someone who loves to outsmart puzzles. So it sounds really stupid, but there's a lot of things you can do in the game. Um, because if you've ever played Breath of the Wild, I know you two haven't. Um, if you've ever played The Legend of Zelda, uh, Beth- Breath of the Wild, it's very, very heavily inspired from that in terms of its puzzling and like the climbing mechanics and things like that. Um, Are they complicated though or not really? At some of them can be a little bit complicated. Um, but the, most of them are optional, to be fair. Uh, a what lot you're of the saying is we're going to collect you, Bradley. <laughs> yeah. I've got this. Well, to be fair, they also follow a format. So it gets kind of easier as you go through the game because you understand the format. So a lot of it will be like um, when you uh, go near a brazier, you can light your arrows on fire, like in Odyssey and the other Assassin's Creed games. And then you can shoot that arrow to light another brazier, stuff like that. Um, but do you remember the Predator arrow in Assassin's Creed? Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of those kinds of puzzles where oh, you need like to like where you need to kind of thread your arrow through things and stuff like that. Um, there's things because you can carry blocks and so there's a lot of puzzling. Um, so if you're not really into puzzling, it might not be the game for you. I have really liked the puzzling, and I'm not really a puzzle game person. Um, but like I said, I like if I do play a puzzle game to outsmart the puzzle, and I spent a lot of the game trying to do that because there's loads of mechanics that you can kind of use that exploit the game, but they did that intentionally, which I think is a really fun idea. So there's uh, these things called Vaults of Tartarus, which are literal puzzle um, kind of areas in Tartarus. So you kind of exit the main world and go to Tartarus and do these uh, puzzle areas. And what I would often do is I would find ways to just skip the puzzles entirely and go straight to the end using kind of traversal tech, (laughs) which you can use kind of your abilities to get around things. And for some reason, that was more satisfying to me than actually completing the puzzle. Um, looking back and knowing that I didn't even need to complete the puzzle. I don't know why. That's just how I get my kind of kick out of it. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of puzzling. The combat, in my opinion, is really fun. Um, it's, it's just a hack and slash. So if you like hack and slash, um, it, you know, it'll just be something fun for you. You can just kind of like spam enemies. There is kind of a complexity to it as well. Um, there's like this whole idea of stunning enemies and um, light attacks and things like that. So if you want to get into kind of like the more difficult uh, sides all, of it, it's fun. All round, what's the difficulty like? Um, uh, what, like as- so you'll be surprised. I actually turned the difficulty down. So wow. I, I started on the highest difficulty and I was like, well, go because that's like kind of the joke I have. I was like, well, go play on the highest difficulty. I literally, I started playing it and it was just like Odyssey. All it did was make me a, um, you know, a piece of paper and the and enemies were massive tanks. Yeah. And, and I was like, this is so boring. This is not how the game is meant to be played. So I went down to, to the normal difficulty and I had a lot of fun with that. Do you reckon if you played like for someone who maybe wasn't as you know as into gaming and stuff like that do you think if you played it on easy it would be a pretty fun hack and slash simple oh game? yeah definitely i i can't see um especially if you were someone who played it you know with the intention of of being a collectible person um which again if you're not really a collectible person, that word in front of me i feel like well, this is the <laughs> thing it's like it's so good like it, the collectibles so, in that are so fun to to go and get and i didn't have any like kind of point where i was bored of getting collectibles and one of the things like one of those little things in games um 
that you just never get bored of. So when he goes to open a chest, mm-hmm. he does a stupid animation instead of like your normal open chest thing. Right. So, and I don't know why, but it's one of those things that is so little, but you never get tired of it. So he'll, right. he'll do things like um, he'll, he'll do like a drum roll on the top of the chest and then open it like That's for himself cool. or he'll like karate chop the test uh, chest hurt his hand like hold his hand and then just flip it up out of like pure anger or he'll do like some you know roundhouse kick type thing i like games like it. this though that that, 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 that just creates ungiggly exactly and you, you just sit there and i literally i you open like if you do it all like me you open probably like you know 300 chests and even on like chest 300 i was still like what am i gonna get this time <laughs> Like it's so stupid, but you just you know it's one of those things that mm-hmm. you just appreciate in the game. It's so much more entertaining than just yeah. He opens the chest. My next question for you. I'm yeah. sorry, I have a lot of questions about no, this. No, I now really wish I, like I bought it. it. I now really <laughs> wish I bought it. What were the was there negatives to the game? And if so, what were they? And and or was this just great all round? It's becoming like a inquisition from Jack, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, sorry, because I'm I just really, really like gutted. Because I haven't talked to anyone about this game really, and I think it is a real hidden gem for Ubisoft. Um, I kind of think it's it's kind of been slept on by I mean, a lot of people. It got really Do you think it's views? been shadowed? Do you think it's been shadowed because of? Oh, definitely. Like, that, don't yeah. get me wrong. I prefer Valhalla as an overall experience, but I do like I love this game as more of a fun game. Yeah, so, this is what I kind of am thinking though as well that I would enjoy this game because if I was just looking for an easy kind of play your yeah, way through and that's fun what, that's game. That's what I said. If you like, you know, collectible games where you can just sit in, you can just start collecting loads of stuff. You get like there's so many upgrades and progression things. Mm. Um like there's so many different things you need to collect to get different upgrades. So you collect like um bolts of Zeus to upgrade your stamina you can collect ambrosia for your health you get like four different gem types to do different weapons armor like one of the things that you know that it's a fun game is that when you want to upgrade say your sword you don't upgrade that specific sword you upgrade swords as a category and I was like yes (laughs) I don't have to sit here and pick my specific sword So when you want to upgrade um, your weapon, so you always have a sword, an, uh, an axe, and a bow as your three weapons. Um, the axe is heavy attacks, the swords is light, and obviously bow is your ranged attacks. And then you will just swap out different um, like physical swords. And there's always a transmog option. So if you're into RPGs, I mean, you know what transmogging is. It means that you can always um, have any weapon look like any other weapon yeah but you don't have to sit there and go i really like this sword but it looks garbage (laughs) and yeah so you can always do that from the beginning there's no cost or anything um so it's you just know it's a fun game from from when i hit that point where i was like i can just upgrade weapons so what are your negatives sir i I don't think i have any no yeah like (laughs) i i know what the you know what the experience is going in um my like few negatives would be like you know a slight kind of jankiness on a puzzle and uh, like i would Mm. forget i've already forgotten it is that is the kind of negative i have um for the game just like mild frustration over a bit of yeah like some some puzzles rely on like physics and obviously the physics in games can be a little bit off but then like that's what i mean you kind of get frustrated if it doesn't go right for the first few times and then like now i've completely forgotten about all of the times i was going oh this stupid um and and literally like i can't think of one overall negative for the game um because of the experience that it is because of the fun i knew i was just kind of going in for i'm gonna have to get it oh but you, yeah, okay really just remember it well, it's actually. very 
very heavily collectible and puzzle based. So you've yeah. got to be ready for like. I mean, we all that. enjoyed the Portal series when we, we did our uh, Golden Oldies. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So I, I just, yeah, I just want to make sure you know what you're getting in for. But it is, it is very fun. There's loads of jokes. There's loads of humor. It also like, it's a little bit adult as well in yeah. some of the jokes they make. And I thought it was a, like a kid's game. And, and then I hear some of the jokes they make. And, and especially is it like those kind of subtly. Yeah. I mean, no, not I, always. Like I watched um, a uh, guy who is kind of like an amateur historian on okay. YouTube. And he actually talked about how he loved it because he was surprised by how um, wacky it gets with Greek mythology of mm-hmm. how it just throws itself in and just gives you like it doesn't like try to adapt them or like modern it's just like boom there's the crazy weird Greek yeah and, and you do really learn a lot because they talk about a lot of different stories there's loads of so the, the whole open world thing you have like these sync points um, but you have to find everything yourself so you have to use this thing called farsight to actually locate items you, you don't just do the assassin's creed thing of sync you know that part of the map and then everything appears you actually have to find every item which kind of drives me insane but also kind of makes it more fun um, and more satisfying to find everything yourself um and and you can find these secret areas um and though you'll just get extra pieces of dialogue or um you know zeus and prometheus will just talk about the, whatever you're looking at and it is kind of weird the stories they tell and you think that's true like you know it is as well because you can tell how wacky it is like and and you know that that's kind of the mythos but that's one of the things i love is that he's constantly having a go at zeus because as we know zeus is a horrible kind of figure in greek mythology and he's <laughs> and we kind of hear about all of it um but they'll make all sorts of jokes and and i think it's hilarious because i really thought it was going to be a kids kind of you know level of you know we, we won't kind of touch that but there's yeah, yeah, like yeah there's like you know incest insinuations on zeus <laughs> and like well they um, are his family aren't they <laughs> yeah exactly and, and prometheus is kind of like taking digs at that and um aphrodite talks about um an orgy at one point <laughs> and i was like jesus christ i thought this was going to be you know completely safe um, imagine if there's any like parents and like mums and dads have bought this for their child that's what i said and i, I was like imagine having that you know that question come up mummy what's an orgy and you're like oh okay <laughs> i picked the wrong um, game at christmas mummy, are we incest, <laughs> are we incest? <laughs> yes <laughs> yes we are yes um but yes no, we yeah. are son and daughter and sister and brother and if brother. you like and third simple cousin. games that you can just have fun i mean you have wings any games with wings yeah that's oh. cool like uh, you can't fly though think... it is just gliding but, yeah, but that makes me think time. of so when i think Greek wings batman yeah 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 a little Bradley, bit Bradley, this is a throwback for you whenever i think of wings i always think of one game from our childhood can you tell me what that game is um i'll give you a clue they're angel wings Angel wings? Mm-hmm. Do you rip them off? No. Oh. Do you rip them off? What is it like? You're like Darksiders. Dark yeah, we go. Bradley got Bradley got the reference. Yeah, see, that was like that was my instant thought. Angel wings. No, what okay, you're taking too long. Do you remember Jack and Daxter three, where you get <gasps> angel wings? Oh yes. Yeah, where the wings are the light, and you get yeah. the demon things as well, the shadow thing, whatever it is. I can't think what it's called. That's good. Yeah. yeah. yeah you can customize all your wings in. in oh, that's cool. Right, I'm getting this game. <laughs> not now but next month we'll get this game i really i'll wait for like sale it. but i'll pick it up yeah. and sell nice well done okay. bradley for swaying you've, you've ser- it's got it's gone on my wish list and jack's gonna buy it i would really love you to play it i want to see if it's just me <laughs> 
Well, to be fair, like we, we, we spoke about how it got rave reviews. You know, there were a lot of people who said this is a late, um, a lot of out yet said like late game of year can game of the year contender, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not like the critical consensus is out of steps with your consensus, you know? Yeah. True. True. So what's your review, Chris? So my review this week is the last final ever season of Vikings. So it is actually coming to an end. Yeah, it's over. It's done. Wait, it actually ended. Yes. So if I did want to watch it, it's I could all finally done. watch it. It's watch entirety. It yeah, the whole thing, the whole saga, <laughs> and the way I think um, this last season has completely changed my opinion of the show. Completely, uh, not in a bad way, not not oh, okay. Game of Thrones way. Um, there have been a lot of comparisons to Game of Thrones with this last season, which I'll sort of touch on. Um, but it's like probably people, the way what I've seen and what I think is this is like the final season that Game of Thrones should have had in okay. that it was brutal. Um, okay, maybe I agree that I feel like this season was kind of short in that it was the same length they usually are, but there were so many storylines and plot lines to wrap up. It sometimes it's really weird. I spoke about this before. A lot of the early seasons of Vikings, especially season four, it feels like a lot of the time there's not a lot happening. And I've talked about that before. Like Vikings goes from like the extreme of one episode where so much happens to like, and then you have three episodes where you're like, oh Jesus, stop having like political intrigue and just and weird drug dreams and just do something. But this final season, so much has to be resolved and so much happens. Um, that it kind of I don't think it was rushed but I think because the other seasons take their time it's kind of a bit of a weird feeling if that makes any sense it's not that it's rushed it's just like in your mind you're used to them going slower so you're kind of like taken aback if that makes sense hello Hello. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. That went really weird. Did you, did you hear what I said? I heard, yeah, I heard the last but Yeah, sorry. It just then cut off. I didn't know if you were still speaking or not. Oh, weird. Bradley, can Apologies. you still hear us? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so do you know what I sort of mean with that? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, but honestly, it, this last season made me cry about three times. Oh, wow. Um, it was so because the whole this whole Vikings thing I love it because it's you know if you've watched The Last Kingdom it's before The Last Kingdom that this kind of ends and then you could technically pick up with The Last Kingdom it wouldn't line up perfectly and some of the interpretations of characters is completely different so like Mm -hmm. King Alfred I love him in Vikings he's so much better in Vikings than he is in Last Kingdom Oh really? I always thought he was all right in Last Kingdom. He's the actor's really good in Last Kingdom, and but the interpretation in Last Kingdom is of this douchebag Christian sort of king who is. That's what he was though. Is a good guy, but he's kind of like a Christian zealot who is kind of um, just. Uh, he's he's really sold as a not an antagonist, but like he sold as an obstacle to Uthred. And that's the point of him in those books and that show. They really rely on him being an ally slash foil to Uthred. It's all, all of last kingdom is in service to Uthred's story, right? Uthred's mm-hmm. story. 
Whereas with Vikings, what we know of, you know, what we know of that time period is, is not, uh, is not very clear, but what we do know of King Alfred is he was called Alfred the great. He wasn't like in Vikings. He's this really sickly man, but he's really charismatic. And the young actor they've got who plays him is, is kind of douchey Christian, but he's also, there's a level of understanding and a level of like connection. He can still have with the Vikings that if you look at the real world history, we know Alfred the great. Um, he, he, the reason, you know, he kept his kingdom together was because he understood the Vikings. He didn't like them. He didn't like, but he used them and he knew how to keep them happy and he knew how to coexist with them. He pushed Christianity first. He was, the you know the great king was why we view him as such a great king in our histories but there's an intelligence and an like and a ability he had that i think is lost in the last kingdom Mm -hmm. whereas in vikings i'm like this is alfred the great this characterization is so, so and that's the other thing he has a big part to play in earlier seasons and the actor who played he he's the same actor um but he's only in like three or four, maybe three episodes this season. And a lot of the English actors return, but don't really get a lot of screen time. But I, I, I just found myself thinking, you've got hardly any screen time this season because you weren't really supposed to be the main focus. But what they did get was still so good. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about Vikings. I love how it's like you care so much for the Vikings, but yet they make the English characters, they make the French characters, they make the Russian characters that you have in the different seasons all really interesting to watch as well. And and you care about them in different ways. So it's never like you feel like you have to take a side. It's you feel like you're watching history unfold and you feel like there's good and bad people on both sides. Cool. Whereas I feel like Last Kingdom is more black and white. Yeah, definitely. Well, from um, what I watched anyway. Yeah, but don't get me wrong, I love both shows. But this last season of Vikings, it wrapped so much up. There were so many emotional moments and there were so many shock moments. There were so many, um, you know, I don't mean it's a shock to say. It's, it, it, the whole thing with Vikings is it's about the great Viking sagas and it is a the, the main character is, was Ragnar, who was the great explorer, the great discoverer. And then the later seasons are about Ragnar's sons. And it's about their journey. And, you know, Vikings is not a historically accurate show. It is to a certain extent um, in that, you know, battles that happen do happen the way they're meant to. But characters don't die in the ways they do historically. And they have a lot of, like... Yeah, leave way with it right mm-hmm. but i don't think that's bad i um i know a lot of people are kind of upset with this season because it takes a big like couple leaps with certain characters fates from history but a couple of the changes they make i'm like you know what i actually really enjoyed them i was like this isn't game of thrones like where it subverted my expectations this is just like a great send-off to a because the whole thing is like yeah these are historical characters but that they've made these characters like come alive right with the writing and so the endings they gave them fits with that characterization that the writer has given them mm-hmm. that makes sense so that's yeah. where i'm like you the, the historical ending almost wouldn't make sense for a lot of these characters 
Mm-hmm. And they do so much this season, like I talked about. Like, there's like three different storylines going on because there's three different of, well, four different of Ragnar's sons that they're wrapping up all their storylines. But I thought it was so good that I was never at a point because it jumps between the storylines. I was never at a point where I was like, oh, hurry this up because I want to get back to this. Every storyline I was so invested. And like, it wasn't a point of get me back to England or get me back to Vinland. I was like, oh my God, like what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on here? Like, oh, oh. like it was just, it was good, good, good and good and good. And some of the characters send offs, like I said, uh, there was one character send-off that I watched and uh, I watched the, 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 the sequence that happens and I was really unhappy and I was like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. I went away and I watched the scene on YouTube about four times, five times. And then I was like, you know what? I understand what they they were going for and I really love it. I was like, it's really, really grown on me. Uh, and the battles are fantastic. And really, it's, it's made me want to re-watch all of Vikings. Wow. Like sit, Already. sit, sit I got, down. I got so lost in that program. I watched it. Like, don't be wrong. I did love it when I watched it and when I was really into it. And then I just got lost somewhere, and I was like, oh, I don't know what happened. Yeah. And then, yeah. And and the other thing I think is uh, a lot of people switched off with Vikings um, after the actor who played Ragnar left the show <clears throat> because the focus towards the later half of the season shifts to Ragnar's sons. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ivar, Oob, um, uh, Hiv, uh, Ivar, Oob, Bjorn, Hisrik, Hisuk, can never say his name, and Sigurd. Um, it shifts to them being the focus of the show. And to be fair, I remember watching the seasons where they became the main focus. And I was kind of unsure on the actors, right? Because Travis yeah. Fimmel, who played Ragnar, was so charismatic, yeah, yeah. so a force of nature on the show. But this last season, the actors have grown so much on the show and mm-hmm. you really feel like they're Ragnar's sons. Yeah. You really feel like they all capture like different aspects of their father. That's cool. And, and they all, I don't know. It's just, it's such a like Shakespearean tragedy unfolding before your eyes, but it's not like game of Thrones where it feels like a perversion where it feels like you've been cheated. It just, it's a tragic ending, but it's, it still kind of feels satisfying. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. Like I feel, like I said, I, I freaking cried, man. Like one of the two, two scenes in particular were so heart wrenching and they were so well acted from the actors who play Ragnar's sons mm. that I was just like, damn, like, and then, you know, there was this whole storyline, which I won't get into, don't want to spoil, but with this, like, exploring new lands. And all of that was so fun because it was so cool to see the Vikings, like, discover a new place and, like, sort of, like, encounter, like, an alien, not an alien civilization, but a different civilization that at the time would have been, like, alien to them, you yeah. know? Yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, I just, I love it so much. Um, and I, I say, if you've never seen Vikings, I would say go away and it's all done now. Watch the whole thing. I would say Watch go away. Watch the whole show. Like, <laughs> it sounded like that was where he was going to leave it. If you haven't seen Vikings, just go away. And go away. No, honestly. Like, just watch it's it. It's all yeah. there now. Um, and I just, I think it's, it, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It wow. really is. It's a statement. 
it's such a journey and you really feel like it because it, it's it's you know it's Ragnar and then his sons it's the golden age of the Vikings and it covers all of that it covers you know them discovering or rediscovering England the the conquests in Paris the invasion from uh, you know the Russians back to their the great heathen army in England it, it tells all of that huge pocket of Scandinavian history and yes it's not 100% historically accurate but the interpretation of these characters is something that I personally felt was even uh, you know better than the historical context because they built relationships between these characters that you know it's hard because what we know of that historical time period is is vague because it's hand the Viking sagas are told in stories. It's verbal. It, it wasn't exactly like written down like the Christian story, like the Christian history. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. So I almost feel like the admissions and the changes just make the narrative tighter. Like the whole thing with even like the early seasons, where Rollo, who is a famous Viking, who um, is famously William the Conqueror's great grandfather, great grandfather, huh? I didn't know Rolo was real. Yeah, so he is historically William the Conqueror's great-great-grandfather. And him and his Vikings, they settle in Normandy. And he marries um, French nobility. So that's where Hmm. William the Conqueror has a bloodline from Charlemagne, who unified France after the fall of Rome. And, um, you know, Vikings on the Rolo side of his family tree. And obviously the early seasons of Vikings says that Ragnar and Rolo are brothers. And that's a beautiful and and fantastic relationship. It's so well acted in in the show. And it has effects even in the later show. Hmm. Um, But, you know, that's something that's completely historically inaccurate because it's very likely they weren't brothers. But that's something, a change that that the showrunner made to history that works so well. And you wouldn't want it to not be that way. No, I was going to say, because it's brilliant. I remember that from the earlier season. Such a good dynamic. Um, By the way, you've made me really crave some Rolos. I know that sounds really bad, but... Um, yeah, so that, that's that's just well. I'll, I'll leave you all with one little tease that go away, uh, watch Vikings go away. Um, again. If yeah, just just what are you doing? Um, and the last thing I'll say on it is either watch it from the beginning if you've never seen it, give it a go. Like I say, there are points in you know, especially season four. I remember season four being so freaking slow. Um, but season four has some great moments like the siege of Paris and stuff. But yeah, go. You watch that. Watch Vikings. Uh, there is, you'll be happy to know, a sequel series at Amazon in the works. Oh wow! And does anyone want to take a guess at what it's called and what it's about? Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's got a very similar to name to some to something else about Vikings that just came out. Valhalla. Yeah. There you go. Nice. So. Um, nice. Of course, it would be. There is a sequel series. I think it is literally Vikings Valhalla. Um, and it is set at Kattegat, which is the main settlement that um, the Viking show is set at. But this is set... So Vikings is set in the golden age of the Viking world. Uh, and this Valhalla sequel series is going to be set around the time of the last invasion of England, um, nice. around 1066. 
Mm-hmm. So they're going to yes. do the whole um, Viking invasion and then, uh, you know, King Harold marches up, fights them, beats them, and then marches down and then William the Conqueror, you know, conquers. Hence <laughs> Monica. Um, but that's, that's, again, it's something, re- it's, they've talked about how it's going to be a smaller show. It's going to be, um, you know, a, it, not like smaller in scale, but like a limited series because they're literally taking that, what is the end really of the Viking sort of world, the last big real invasion of England and blowing it up and telling a, a tale. And it's fun because they've sort of told that half of Vikings is the English tale. You follow a lot of the English Kings, a lot of the English characters. So that's obviously going to be a big focal point. And obviously I've told you, you know, we see Rolo actually form his dynasty in France in the Viking show. So again, we're going to see his descendant invade England and take it over. Nice. Um, So again, I think while it'll be a, a smaller show, it's another little snippet of the Viking world that I'm sure is going to be really good fun when we eventually, mm. I mean, it's, it's a few years out yet, but um, look forward to that. If Watch you love your Vikings, fiction, you know, and get some Rolos. Oh, and get some Rolos. I've had Rolos in years. Oh, no, me either. And that's why I've made me crave them. Oh, <laughs> can I take a quick guess? Have we got a quiz? We have got a quiz, yeah. I mean, we were meant to have a third segment today. It's probably good. Yeah. We didn't because it would end up as like three hours probably. Um, we were going to talk about, which is a tease for next week, which we will do. We were going to do a golden oldie on Alan Wake from Yay. a remedy. Um, <clears throat> but someone didn't finish it. That's not me. <laughs> it's not Bradley. Don't know who it was. <laughs> um, so next week we will have a golden oldie segment and it will be on Alan Wake. Which I can't wait to talk about. Yeah, we're all very excited. Is, one, is the one, quiz. One thing quick about, about collectibles. Do you know how mad I was when I fin- finished uh, the chapter of Alan Wake and then found out that to find all the diary pages, you have to be on the hardest difficulty? <laughs> Even I didn't know that. I've, I've never played on the... Um... Wow. I think I played on the hardest difficulty, but I ignore the collectibles in that game. I was really enjoying finding all of the um, pages because it's really fun. You pick up the page and you talk yeah. about it. And then I found out that you I can always find them all. I always hated that. Because the page uh, spoils what's yeah, going to happen. Stuff, yeah, okay. And I like it, but at the same it's time, cool. I'm like, I don't want it's a really cool the rest feature. of the game. No, yeah. it's a really cool feature, but that's what I, st- I still picked them up. But that's what I started to find is that it was actually kind of preempting what was about to happen. And I was like, no, I don't want to know because it's such a, you know, antis- like the game you live it in anticipation. Okay, I'll it? stop picking up the pages then. Yeah. Screw the pages. <laughs> no, you can pick them the up, quiz. just don't read them. <laughs> Who wants the quiz? He reads them out loud. Oh, does he? I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, he reads. Even if you go out of it, he carries on talking. Oh, I didn't know he did that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I liked picking them up so much because I was like, oh, I don't have to actually read them. The voice actor reads them. That's like I like that in games because <laughs> I'm yeah. just lazy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But anyway, on to the quiz this week. Is it about Vikings? Yeah, it is. <laughs> How right. did you know? First question. Hit us with it. Let's go. I'm Which- excited. English kingdom during the Viking invasions managed to stay unconquered. And your options are A, Wessex, B, Northumbria, or C, East Anglia. Bradley? It's Wessex. Is it Jack? Is it Wessex? Is it Jack? Yeah. Is it Wessex? Mm -hmm. I'm not confident. 
That's what I would have gone for. Would you though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you're both correct. It is Wessex. <laughs> Alfred's domain. It is. It's the only English kingdom um, during the golden age of the Viking invasions that, um, you know, stays English. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get conquered. Good old Alfred the Great. <laughs> um, so, number two, what was the most common form of armour for Vikings to wear into battle? A, chainmail, B, levers, or C, la- lamella? 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 can never say it right. Oh, I should know that just from watching the first few seasons of Vikings, but it was so long ago. But he did uh, say it's not historically accurate all the time. Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they they definitely wore a lot of leather, um, but I wouldn't. No, I don't know what the last one is, so I don't know if it's that because it sounds very Vikingy. <laughs> does it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the way I Chris mean, said it, it does, I, it's I can't foreign. pronounce it very well. Um. Bradley, it's, do you want to go Dragon first? Age as well, that type of armor. I'm going to I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for leather. I'm going to go for chainmail. Right. So, um this one's an interesting one. So, uh it is the most common type of armor worn would have been lamella. Oh for God's sake. <laughs> so, Bradley is partly correct because the nobility and the rich would have wore chainmail. Okay. So Ragnar and his sons and anyone who was a wealthy Viking would have worn chainmail. Funny fact, the wealthy Vikings would have had better armor than most of the English soldiers. Um, Leather at the time was extremely expensive. So there's this really funny thing that leather's cheap now. So on a lot of productions and a lot of video games, when we see Vikings, uh, a lot of historians talk about the Hollywood uh, vocation of Vikings, mm. where there are all these hard guys in leather with furs, when that's really... Really expensive, yeah. Expensive at the time and just wouldn't have really been what they wore. No. Oh, cool. Um, that's cool. So a lot of people get really mad when they see... I'm angry. And they're all wearing leather. leather. Woods Woods comes in, I'm an onion. (laughs) When the reality would have been if they were really poor, they would have just been wearing their normal clothing. They're like peasant stuff. Most of the soldiers and most of the Vikings would have had lamellar. Lamellar is basically like you'd have like a padded um, stuff underneath and then like iron um, sort of chain linked all sort of put together. It's it's a really it's kind of like a combination, um, but obviously it's a bit rubbish compared to chainmail. Obviously, chainmail being interlinked little, uh, it has to be hand weaved because it's like interlinked iron, um, like obviously chains. Yeah, see, I knew some of them wore chainmail. I remember from year four, but I didn't know it was only nobility. I didn't know yeah, you because chainmail was so expensive. In year four. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing that's weird about that is there's a big common misconception to think that the Vikings, all, obviously because of television and stuff, they all wore levers when a lot of the time they would have been better equipped than like the English. So if mm-hmm. only I was a historian, I'd have known that. Well, you know, it, like I say, again, it depends how wealthy they were. Like I say, a lot of the poor Vikings would have just wore their like farmer outfits so with what like, was... a spear and a shield. So, so... so do I get half a point because and some did half, wear... And I get half a point. You didn't get half a point. <laughs> for the rich. No. It shows levers. No, no one should... No, no, yeah. no one specified no, whether the, or not the, they were rich. Vikings. No, the rich <laughs> ones wore chain mail. No Even one... the rich ones didn't wear leathers. 
and and no one probably wore levers. Well, it was really Hollywood, expensive. Hollywood so wore levers. Levers were really expensive back then, and also they've sort of historians have pointed out how it's like a pointless thing to wear in battle. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought that. Yes. Right. Okay. Move on. Um, what was the first English monastery raided by the Vikings in 70, 793 AD? And your oh your God. options are Calder Abbey, Binham Abbey, or Lin, Lindisfarne at Priory. Lindisfarne Priory. There you go. I mean, this is just a guessing game. C. <laughs> B. Uh, Jack is correct. Good. It is Lindisfarne Priory. Does that mean I'm above you, Bradley, now? By half a point. Yes. (laughs) But we're not counting. Okay. um, What faraway land did the Vikings discover first? A, Iceland, B, Greenland, or C, Vinland? Oh, Bradley, surely you know that from just playing Assassin's Creed. They must discuss this, most surely. You've just played it. I'll let you go first. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was relying on you going first. No. Uh, I'm winning this thing. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What were the options? Iceland, Greenland, or Vinland? Do you know what Vinland is, Jack? No. Is that a clue? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Iceland. <laughs> is that your answer? Yeah. Vinland. So it is Damn Iceland. It. Yes, Iceland. So yes, they discover they discover um, Iceland, then they discover Greenland, and then they discover Vinland. Oh, you mean in like order? Yeah. Oh. So what did they discover first? I thought you just meant the first people, like civilization, to discover it. Because oh no, sorry, Bradley. Bradley. Oh, that's unfair. Oh, well, now I'm now now I'm over a point ahead of you. I hate you. I thought you just meant because like the only other people were there were the natives, so they were the first people to. I can literally to go sit to back Finland. and get this last question wrong. Well, and here's the and thing: this... <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me what Vinland is. Um, it's North America, so it'd probably be part of Canada. Well, you should probably should have like waited for Jack to get it wrong and then got your bonus point, Bradley. <laughs> No, it's fine. No, I'm not. No, because I'm not going to take it. I'm. I'm not going to. Did never... you know that it was North America, Jack? No, no, I didn't so know. That it. was the name that the Vikings gave to North America. Vinland. So we're even. <laughs> so we're even now. <laughs> We've made it interesting. <laughs> You're an onion, Bradley. And also, I knew Bradley would know that because obviously you go Valhalla. to Vinland in Valhalla. Yeah, but they never actually say it's America, so right. I kind of just. Or do they? <laughs> well you meet native americans so i'd assume you know oh yeah was... no th- that's that's why i kind of put two and two together because i was like oh my god this is the same language that connor and his family spoke <laughs> even though that really confused me because i'm like hang on we're in canada how far does his tribe move <laughs> have, you, have you done all of the vinland stuff <laughs> uh isn't there a connor reference yeah no so the door that he goes to i don't know whether that's the door that Haytham goes to but I thought Vinland was meant to be Canada, and then yeah, I, goes they to... just travel a lot and they move yeah, their houses. I, as well. I was confused. I was like, "Is this Assassin's Creed 3's area or Did not?" The, I mean, I it's not meant to be because it's meant to be Canada. Yeah, well, that, that's what I mean. So I was just like, "Why? Why is the door there?" Because he's too scared to go in as well. He's like, "This isn't for me. I'm scared." And I was like, "Evil's meant to be this big brave boy." <laughs> And he's skied. <laughs> and he's skied. So does this mean that now we're even and you, if you get this last one right, yeah. And I don't, you win. Well, this is the decider. <clears throat> yeah. 
So interesting now. Why would a warrior answer first? Why would, <laughs> why would a warrior get sent to hell after death in Viking culture? Mm-hmm. And your options are A, dying in battle but without glory. B, for dying to old age slash sickness. Or C, being killed by a Christian. Oh my God. All three of those things happen in Vikings uh, <laughs> at some point or another. Um, oh, God's sake. I feel like. I feel like the dying in battle one is just too like they 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 lived for well not live for but like they 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 didn't it wasn't a bad thing to die in battle even if it's without glory um, I don't think anyway um, whereas the other two dying of sickness and old age is a bit weak in it really but then at the same time <laughs> but like but like it's nothing there's nothing glorious about that is there um, but then. The other one being killed by a Christian, that must that must piss them off as well. So uh, like they're like, you're going to hell, mate. No chance. I'm going to go for dying of sickness and old age. Okay. I do think it could be that. Um, but I swear... But to make it interesting, you're going to go for the... I'm going to go dying for... Dying in battle. Yeah, without glory. Because I oh. swear that's the thing. Because that's like, you've brought shame, um, you know, and you're going to hell. So, because like you have to die with your axe is the whole thing, right? If you don't have your axe, you know, you're going to hell, basically. You're not going to get invited to Valhalla. What if you used it to throw at someone? (laughs) (laughs) But Odin, if you just listen, just wait, Odin, hear me out before you send me. I threw my axe, killed someone, saved someone else and died because of it. Uh, Okay. yeah. I'll give you the answer. But to everyone listening, like bear in mind, like I'm a historical enthusiast, like, uh, by no means am I a historian. So um, I love this stuff and I do look very in depth at this stuff, but you know, there is a lot of room in history for interpretation, but from what I've read, uh, the reason you'd get sent to hell after death is for dying to old age. Yes. yes. No, that's Brad- not true. Bradley, you claim me, Bradley, you claim me as <clears throat> you, you claim me as um, champion so of the Vikings if, if quiz. You, if you die of old age, that's only sickness, if you're a drinker. You go to hell, um, and the only other reason you go to hell um, is if you're a murderer or a oath breaker. Um, or you throw your axe and die without it. Um, and also, but if you go to hell as a oath breaker and a murderer, you get your flesh repeatedly eaten off by a dragon. Nice. Um, so, so if you die of old age and sickness, you still go to hell, but at least you don't get eaten over and over by a dragon. Um, and the other thing which I'll say, which Bradley sort of talked about, um, Vikings generally, you know, if die any any Viking that dies in battle, you go to Valhalla. Mm. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be glorious. The only reason they want it to be glorious. What did you mean by glorious? I thought you meant like they gave up and they let themselves die. No, so, so, so oh, well, this like, is like, like no. Viking who just gets skipping. hit by an arrow as you get off the boat. Oh no, that's fine because you tried. I thought you meant... <laughs> no, no, I... but Bradley. But Bradley, did he have his axe in his hand when he died? But that's not glorious, is it? Because you just you just got off the boat and you got hit by an arrow. I thought you meant like you know he just gave up, like he didn't try his best, you know, for glory. But well, that would be fighting in a battle and giving up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, and that would that would take you to hell or retreating. 
Well, that probably would, because then you'd be an icebreaker. We, we? we are not, your crew. not retreating. We're advancing in an opposite direction. But um, yeah, no, so that was interesting. But I also read that um, some warriors, yeah, so if, if your death wasn't glorious enough, um, obviously the Valkyries would come and they'd take you to Valhalla. But there's a chance that if your death wasn't glorious enough, you could get sent to Freya's realm. And Freya, uh, I think it's called the Fields of Freya. Um, so warriors that died could, could end up in the Fields of Freya as well as Valhalla. But Valhalla was like the yeah. best place you could get sent, right? Where are you off, are you off to, mate? Uh, Fields of Freya. <laughs> I'm going Valhalla. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> yeah, but also... When Better I was, luck next when time, I was reading it, I was like... But it's like... When, when I was looking into it, they said that um, obviously the Valkyries would get you and you'd go and you'd feast with Odin and your yeah. days would be fighting with like warriors of like the ancient past and waiting for the uh, Ragnarok where you'd fight alongside yeah. Odin with like all the yeah. great warriors. Uh, and then it said the fields of Freya, like you'd go there and then you'd be allowed to like, um, you know, potentially sleep with like the shield maidens who died and went to the fields of like Freya. You can and, imagine. Stuff. You can and imagine. I'm like, hang on, isn't it? Better to get sent to the fields of Freya where like Odin will sleep with me as opposed to like getting sent to Valhalla where I'm just fighting and drink with like random men. Um, Also, yeah, like you can imagine like a three-way conversation between three guys who just died on the battlefield. Yeah, and like they're in spirit form and he's like, so where are you off to? And he's like, I'm going to the party with Odin. He's like in uh, Valhalla and he's like, oh, damn it, I'm going to the fields of Freya. And the other guy's like, well, you think you guys got it bad. I'm going to hell because I threw my axe and saved somebody. And apparently <laughs> I didn't have a glory. So. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so it's, I, I, I found that really, really fascinating, that last question. Mm. I really looked Yeah, that is it. really cool. Um, I do think I, it's amazing. And I find it so intriguing that like their idea of hell and the reason you get sent to hell are so like bipolar opposite to like Christians and yeah. other religions, you know? Nothing to do with what kind of person you are. <laughs> no. You could be literally. the worst person, but you probably are, you know, if you're really like, glorious like, on the battlefield. Yeah, if you, you can rape and pillage all day and every day, but if you die <laughs> with like five spears in your gullet, you're going, you're going to the best place, mate. <laughs> so uh, the Vikings and their whole ideals were kind of um, interesting to say the least. Oh. I think that's one thing that I, I think I love about Vikings that it really nails the more black and white aspects of their tribal yeah. nature that I think Valhalla failed a bit for me in that Valhalla is a bit PC Vikings. Mm. It's like, Hey, look, blood Eagle. And it's really violent, but Hey, no, Ivor's tribe are all these nice PC Vikings. And it's like, well, PC Vikings. I like, like the PC Vikings and weird American sounding children. I mean, I no, don't get me wrong. We, oh we no, I don't those. like them. They're I not really, part of I really like, we all really like Valhalla, but there is a certain part in it where I'm like, you have sort of skimped a bit on how brutal and weird these guys were at times. <laughs> Like you paint them in a lot more of a favorable light than they probably deserve instead of that more gray light that they really sort of thrive in, in my mind, where it's like, they're extremely honorable and they're extremely this and they're, then they're, but then at the same time, they're this weird oxymoron because like they'll rape and pillage and that's just kind of like fine. Them. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's a decent enough closing thought. <laughs> <laughs> what, the oxymoron of Viking culture? Yeah. 
I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode though, guys. And I feel like it's been good to get back to the usual schedule. And I feel like this whole last discussion of Vikings and everything has been brilliant. Yeah, I think it's nice to do a quiz again. And yeah. um, like I said, we're back on it now. Um, and we'll have an episode every week and we're going to try and, you know, uh, do a quiz every week. And hopefully we'll, we'll start doing our um, third segment again. So I'm going to write up a list and we'll do Golden Oldies. We'll do well, we should have one for next week, huh, Chris? Huh? Yes. Yeah, we should have a go. Yeah, huh? Huh? You're an onion, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, is was there anything else you wanted to add? Or no, no, I have nothing. I okay. have nothing. I have nothing. I, I beat Bradley in the Vikings quiz. Shut oh. up! By half a point. I mean, anyway. to be fair, but Bradley, I think Bradley would have won if he didn't overthink it. Or yeah, yeah I'm li- literally like, when's he going to ask about the mind? Or the Seder magic, or or the Dringers. <laughs> I'm like bringing all my AC. Yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, that's it from us. We'll, see you uh, next see week. Next week. See you later.